Good day and good gaming retro junkies, Rob here. Just wanted to hop on real quick to once again say thank you to the Zambonis for coming on the show. Uh, Dave Schneider and Tarkin Cadis, man, dream come true for me and Landon. It was so much fun to talk to these guys. And going back and listening to the episode, editing it all together, I was just grinning from ear to ear because, one, we got to talk about HL94, uh, all the episode. Two, we got to talk about music with two of my heroes in my teenage years and now as a 34-year-old dad. And, you know, you're always afraid to beat your heroes or whatever, but thankfully, Dave and Tarkin were just super laid-back guys, uh, so funny, and it just made me appreciate their music even more than I already did. So, super positive experience for, for me and Landon. And Landon, you know, he's been kind of rubbing it in my face. He got to talk to them a little extra because I thought the call was over, and uh, <laughs> apparently I was the only one who jumped off, and uh, he got to get the inside scoop from them. So, I'm, I'm really jealous there. So, anyways, guys, what you can expect in this episode is the first period we're going to be covering retro games we're playing and start talking about HN94. And then about halfway through the episode, we take a break and we talk to the Zambonis. We talk about music, we talk about hockey, we talk about video games, and everything in between. It goes all over the place, and it's great. And then in the third uh, period, Len and I uh, wrap up our NHL 94 talk and talk about some listener feedback. And that's it, guys. So if I could just get personal for just one more minute, I just want to say this was a super special episode for me because I got I got to talk about my favorite childhood hockey game. I got to talk to two of my heroes in my teenage years and, and even more so now. And, uh, and you know what? I got to share this experience with my good buddy Landon. So always a good time. Anyways, enough of my rambling. Thank you so much for listening. And on with the show. Good day, good gaming, and hockey rocks. Jeez, it's been, been a little slow today. Yeah, no kidding. Kind of on for Saturday, too. Sure you put the sign up? The, we assure you were open sign at the front window? Yeah, of course. Hmm. Well, you want to do another round of Blades of Steel? Actually, I've got a better idea. Still got our skates and sticks? Never leave a home without them, dude. Sweet. We're heading to the roof. Awesome. By the way, what smells like shoe polish? I've been working on a few trick shots, eh? I call this one the Canadian corkscrew. Ha! Locker save! Ah, dang it. Okay, I call this one the Brett Hall Howard. Can you feel the glove tonight? It's your apparatus. Five holes denied. That all you got, Hosehead? Oh, I've got one more trick up my whaler's jersey. Oh, yeah? What's that? You can just call me the Slapshot Man. Slapshot Man, that's who I am. Put me in the game, that's your best plan. Don't bother with the trap or man to man, cause I'm a Slapshot Man. There's one. Hey, lucky. Hey, there's another. Die, it's something in my eye. And 
Here's three. Give me a hat, will you? Not a flyer. Oh, no way. That was a uh, completely uh, goalie interference, eh? Oh, take off. I'm going for the record. Jeez, Hosehead, you shot a hole through the net. Whoops. It's okay, just, just grab us another puck. Uh, yeah, about that. Wait, you don't have another puck? Nope. Oh, great, well, well, that, well, that's that, that's good for you, man. I was just starting to heat up, so I would save that next one. Sure you would have, Rob. Sure you would. Oh, take off, I would. No way. No, yes way, you don't know. I'd be like Patrick Y, eh? No way, more like Patrick Roy. Oh, <laughs> no way, get out of here, take off. <laughs> No way, you take No way, eh? You get out of here. No, you take off. Take off, eh? And good gaming, retro family. Rob here with another episode. I think it's episode 52 of the Retro Junkie Super Show. So good to be back here in the year 2021 with my main man, my partner in retro gaming crime, Mr. Landon Long. How are you, Hosehead? Hey, man, doing good. How are you? I am doing great. I am doing great. Now, it's been a long week, long week, and we're only halfway through, but it is so great to come on here and talk about NHL 94, hockey games in general. And having the Zambonis on a little bit later, it's, it's going to be a good day, eh? I think it's going to be a great day. Oh, man, I'll tell you. <laughs> it's been, Lance already had me dying before we recorded the show. <laughs> yeah, did, it, did we record any of the Arnold stuff? Uh, we saved some of it. We saved, I'll put it in the blooper reel. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, it's, been, it's been a great week. Um, uh, I hope everybody has had a great Christmas. I guess the last time you all heard from us was on our Christmas episode. If you've not heard the Blue Marlin episode, that was our Christmas uh, special. It was kind of our return, and it was so good to do that. Oh, man, I had such a good time on that show. That was a good show. We had a good time. Oh, man, it was so fun. It's just so fun to talk video games with you again. It oh. just feels like we're back home, you know? Yeah, it does. I mean, it's it's like an old, uh, I guess like an old jacket or something. It's It always fits, and it feels good when it's on. <laughs> amen, amen. That was my poetry for the day. Oh, that was beautiful. Jesus, like oh. Walt Whitman, eh? Yeah. Walt Whitman, take off. I'm better than Walt Whitman. I'm. Oh, you're uh. I got nothing. It's uh, too late. <laughs> yeah, the moment's passed. I was going to say I'm better than Urkel, but that had nothing to do with it. <laughs> better than Urkel, baby. <laughs> I'm no one's better than Urkel, though. That's true. No, that's true. So, uh, yeah, guys, today we're talking about NHL '94 a little bit, and this was Landon's pick. You would think this would be one of my picks, but it was it was Landon. So God bless you. Appreciate oh, you, buddy, for you, doing that. So um, before we get into the main game today, um, I wanted to uh, let you all know there was – I don't know if we got any feedback on the Blue Marlin episode, so maybe I don't have – Nobody nobody liked the Blue Marlin episode. They're like, man, that game was horrible. <laughs> you guys were horrible for covering it. Yep. So, yeah, I guess we'll just jump into uh, what, what we've been up to retro lately. So we'll start with you, Hosehead. What have you oh, been gosh. doing retro gaming-wise? Um, Other than our game that we've been playing, I've been playing the uh, – I guess what you call the cousin or brother – to this game, the Mutant League Hockey uh, for oh, Sega. Oh, yeah. That's a, uh, that's a totally different experience going from uh, NHL 94 to Mutant League, even though they're 
the same game engine. Apparently, Mutant League Hockey was based off the NHL 94 hockey engine, and they just kind of tweaked it a little bit to add axes and maces and knives and broken bottles and explosions. <laughs> but, yeah, I've been playing that, really, really getting into that, playing against the Mighty Weenies, who they all lose all their players before they can finish a game, you can kill them all, which that was a cool game. Like, if you were getting beat on the scoreboard, you could just kill the other team's players and win via forfeit. Yeah, prison rules, I guess. Yeah, pri pri yeah prison rules, you know, that's mine back when we were in the joint, you know. We, that's how we used to play. That's right, we, were, uh, we weren't in a time vortex. We were in prison, <laughs> playing prison rules hockey. Yeah, that, well, you know, that's a game that, uh, as a kid, I remember my neighbor had it, but I never played as a kid. I, I remember you playing on emulator years later and that's probably the first time i had actually played it and it, it's fun um definitely the controls are a little bit different but yeah. the animations and the sense of humor really make up for all of that and it, it's a lot of fun I, I definitely wouldn't mind getting that game if it's not too crazy expensive it's a good one i like it uh what other ones have i been playing oh well the you talked to me into getting fire emblem after our last show on uh the nintendo switch the it's oh, the yeah. the English version of the original Fire Emblem that was in Japanese back in the late '80s, early '90s, and it's 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 a pretty fun game. It's difficult though; like it's one of those where yeah. death is permanent, and if you miss recruiting a character on a map, you don't get to go back and pick him up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, our good buddy Aaron Hickman over at Genesis Gems Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Sega Genesis. Go check it out, guys, if you've not heard them. He was the one who was like, dude, you gotta try, if you love Shining Force, you gotta try the Fire Emblem series. And I know it's a well known series, but for whatever reason, I never really gave it a shot. And I kind of wanted to go in order. And at first, I was gonna start with the GBA games. Um, but then I saw there was a sale on the Switch version of the original game. So I, I bought it the other day. And you're exactly right. It's definitely, the difficulty's tough on it. And I like the graphics, though. And I would have been all over this game back in 1990 because. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was turn-based. You had a lot of dialogue between the characters, which I kind of like. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Like, one thing that I noticed right away is if you don't visit the towns while you're in battle, which seems kind of odd. <laughs> you know, that, yeah, I know. Like, hang like, on, well, guys. I got to go visit this town real quick. Hang on. I got to go talk to this old man. It's important. Trust me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I didn't even know you could do that uh, until, you know, I was already too late. I would already been on Chapter 2 or 3. And I forgot to recruit some people, and that plays a pretty big challenge later on. So uh, it, it's fun. The, the music's good. The graphics are good for the time. And um, I definitely want to play it, but like you said, it's tough. Yeah, it's it's hard. And, you know, the, the series, I mean, it's all over all the Nintendo consoles. You know, you got NES, Super NES. Uh, I don't know if they did one for the N64 but I know they did one for the GameCube because it was in English, and it goes for like nearly two hundred bucks just for the disc for the game. It's it's very expensive. Wow, no kidding. Yeah, I think they, they didn't they do away with a permadeath for some of the newer games just to kind of so. help beginners. Yeah, I think they have like a beginner mode where you don't have permadeath, like you get your characters back after each battle if they die. But who wants to do that? Come on, be a man, put, put some hair on your chest. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know, uh, yeah. uh, speaking of Fire Emblem real quick, Aaron Hickman, me and him got to, to talking the other day, and uh, he sent me a link to a mod that you can download for the uh, emulated version of Fire Emblem on mm -hmm. the Super Nintendo. And you know what it does? What? 
it changes all of the main characters into the Gilmore Girls. Really? <laughs> and it's called the Gilmore Girls Fire Emblem. And he told me, he's like, dude, we need, you need to play this. Me and you need to play this. I'm like, yes, we, we all need to play this. I said, I think Nick Stevens is a big Gilmore Girl, Girls fan. He'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next one could be Golden Girls. <gasps> Golden Girls Fire Emblem? Could you imagine Sophia? Man, she'd be Oh, a, man. She, she would kill everybody. She'd be like that old knight that you start out with that can kill everybody in like two hits and it's hard to take down. Oh, the big guy? Yeah. And the purple armor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be Sophia, man. Picture it, Sicily. Picture it, Sicily. Uh, and then she'd stab you with a sword. Exactly. I, oh, gosh, I would mess with her. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, let's see, Rose, she, bless her heart, she'd be like on the other side of the map. <laughs> Ro- Rose would be the chick on the Pegasus. Kata or Katie yeah, or whatever her name yeah. is. Yeah, mm-hmm. And Dorothy could be Marth. <laughs> yeah, she uh, she's a leader. She's the leader. Absolutely. I don't know. I don't know who Blanche would be. I guess Blanche would be one of the healers because you know she's all about that type of healing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on. <laughs> getting a little, uh, getting a little PG there. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, no kidding. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so, have you been up to anything else there, Hosehead? Ah, uh, no, not really. Uh, just uh, just getting ready for tonight's game, man. I've had a good time playing this game and revisiting it. It's it's been a blast. Oh, man, it's a timeless game. I'm with you. Yeah, for me, same thing. Um, Aside from the game, I haven't played a whole lot. I did play Fire Emblem, like you said. And Josh Witt, uh, my good buddy over at Arcade USA, and that's uh, also our good friend Willie's YouTube channel. It's a really cool, high-quality show dedicated to arcade games and mods and everything. Anyways, Josh, he he does a lot of help over there. He's also my uh, partner in Ninja Turtle Crime. But he was so kind and sent me a modded GameCube that has the Game Boy adapter that you can put at the bottom. Oh, those but, are so nice. Yeah, yeah. And he also um, preloaded it with a bunch of GameCube games for me and even put a, like a blue what LED light inside of it. So he really surprised me with such a nice gift. Aww. And, oh, man, it's been awesome. So I looked at some of the games that are on there, and one of them is this game i'd never seen or heard of before called chibi robo have you ever heard of that is it the luck little robot that looks like a screw yeah 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 i've I've seen that but i've never never played it or or seen any video on it i have i've i didn't get to play a lot of it but i know that's gonna be a game i'm gonna be returning to because it's quirky it's super japanesey but it is fun it's fun it reminds me of animal crossing a little bit just the way the characters are and i'm wondering if the same developers did that game too. I didn't get a chance to really look and research it, but I've been playing a little bit of that and the Resident Evil remakes that are on this the uh, the GameCube. I guess we could consider the GameCube retro at this point. It's 17 years old, you know. It's, it's getting up there. I was 17, in college 18. when it came out, so it, it's been a while. Yeah, we old man. <laughs> we old as dirt. <laughs> for real, we're getting retro. So uh, for sure, yes. Yeah, so I played a little bit of that, and I'm trying to think of what else I've been playing. Of course, Stardew Valley, I know that's like a newer neo-retro game, but it's it's a super fun game. My wife and I, we've been building farms, raising livestock on that, having a ton of fun with that game. Guys, you owe it to yourself. If you love old school, like Super Nintendo graphics, you would definitely like this game, and especially the Harvest Moon style. And it even reminds you of Chrono Trigger in some ways. Um, soundtrack's awesome. I cannot get enough of this game. It's my go-to game. Anytime I just want to sit down on the couch and relax with the family, it's super fun. So we've been playing a lot of that. We play that just about every single day. So I'll probably mention that on every episode. So it's is it better retro? Is it better than Total Recall? 
Oh, no, definitely not better than that, because uh, there's a bomb in there. <laughs> or Last Action Hero, or Terminator 2. Oh, well, that's a classic, especially the arcade game. That was a that was a good one. The arcade game yeah. was good, but, man, Terminator 2 for NES was a pile of dog doo-doo I, for me. I don't know if I ever played that one. No, yeah. It was an LJN game, and it, it definitely played like one. <laughs> All right, so I guess we can jump into the game. We still have time before uh, our good buddies Dave Schneider and I'm probably saying his name wrong. Tarkin Katis, K A T I S. Do you think it's Katis? Katis. We'll ask him when he gets on. Yes, I'll probably feel like a hoser. I'm like, oh, I got that so wrong. No, I'm, I'm gonna. Let, <laughs> that's why I'm gonna let you ask. I'm like, I told. When, when no I, way, you I, ask. Whatever one he says, I'm like, yeah, Rob, I told you it was that way. Told you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad we got this recorder right now. So yeah, let's let's talk about NHL '94 real yeah. quick. Yeah, awesome. So, uh, so Hoser, what was your first memories playing NHL '94, Jose? I think my first memory was down in your basement when we played it. Honestly, wow, really? Yeah, like when you first moved here and we were playing it down in your basement and everything. I'd played Mutant League before, but like hockey games weren't really popular around here. It was kind of back before Carolina had a team, and there was you know the the Canes and the Predators and all the Southern hockey teams that we kind of have now, uh, hockey was just kind of, you know, it wasn't really big around here. And I, and the first time I played it was down at your house. And I, I've got to wow. say, that was that was a fun time. Wow, that, that's really, I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah. That's, that's kind of interesting you say that because when I started playing NHL 94, I remember I saw the game first, or at least it might have been NHL PA 93 for the Sega Genesis. Um, it was over at my neighbor Dave's house way back in New Jersey a long time ago. And right around that time that my, my parents, my mom had gotten remarried and everything after, and I've, I've told this, the story, I associate a lot of what was going on in my life at the time with the games I was playing. And that's why I have such a connection to some of these games. And NHL 94 is one of those games. So, uh, oh man, I remember going over to uh, Dave's house. He was our neighbor. And uh, he was my stepdad's friend, and he was playing a hockey game. Uh, and also, like a couple weeks before that, I'd seen my first Philadelphia Flyers game, my first professional hockey game on a big screen TV, and that was mind blowing to me. So I'm already getting kind of intrigued by the sport. I'm really fascinated by it. I'm super young. I'm like six or seven years old, and I see this game he's playing on the Sega with his friend, and they were having the best time just playing this game, trash talking each other. And I remember from that moment, I was like, oh, I want that game. Because I had a Sega at that point. And I was like, I want a hockey game. So I asked Mom, I asked Santa, I said, can I get a hockey game for Christmas? I already had my Sega. And sure enough, Christmas morning, and I think I just told this uh, story on the last episode, one of my favorite Christmas memories was getting that game. And right around that time, in, in late 93, that's when I got it. That's basically where my love for hockey began. And I was outside no joke, no exaggeration. My mom would make me do homework, and then as soon as I got my homework done, I could go outside and play hockey. And a lot of times, I would play by myself. I had a net out there, 
and I would just shoot the puck at this little plastic net, tiny little thing. And then eventually, one of my neighbors way down the street named Mark, who would eventually be one of my really good friends uh, for a big chunk of time in my childhood, he and I would play every day, hockey, street hockey, all the time. And it was just like the old movies where a car would come down the street. We'd be like, car! We'd have to move everything. <laughs> but, yeah, so I started getting into the Flyers, started getting into hockey, hardcore, and just playing this game all the time if it rained out. So um, it was a huge, huge part of my childhood. And it's one of those games now that, like, you can still pick up and the muscle memory is there. Like, yeah. I can still... And I'm sure you feel the same way. Like, I can still do a one-timer like it's nobody's business. <laughs> oh, dude, like, it took me a couple of games to get my timing down. But once I figured it out, I'm like, yeah, I've got this. I can, I can do this all day. Exactly, exactly. So fast forward a couple uh, couple years. Um, back in 2002, I ended up moving to Lannistown. And I have such fond memories of just playing hockey with Landon. I didn't really know a lot of people when I first came to Robbinsville is a tiny town, is a southern town, and I'm like one of the only guys that watches hockey, at least that I thought I was at the time, and got to really know Landon. He and I became really, really close very quickly, and we all just started playing hockey in the the high school parking lot. You remember those days? Oh yeah, I remember. Like we'd have a net, we'd have guys on skates, we'd have guys on feet, we'd have homemade goalie equipment, which was like those eggshell like mattress pads that you take yeah. camping. We would wrap those around our legs and around our uh, bodies as kind of like pads. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We used to – and now I admit I was bad for it. I used to get so competitive about it too. I'd slam my stick because, uh, okay, we all probably have a friend that is just naturally gifted <laughs> and talented. And, I mean, I've been playing hockey all my life, just like I was saying, like ever since I was six. And there was a, a mutual friend of ours, Lynn, who was – like miles better than I ever was. And he just picked it up and he was faster than I was on his skates. He could stick handle or puck handle better than I ever could. And he would just dance around me and make me look like a fool. And I'd get some mad. Oh, I'd get some mad. <laughs> he was he was something else. I mean, he was a good athlete though too. I mean, he could skateboard. He was a good skateboarder too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of times Landon and myself and Lynn and my our buddy Jeremy and a few others We'd all play hockey um, at the school parking lot. like so, so we were the crew. I think we we're the only ones who did that at that time in our little high school. So uh, that really doesn't have a lot to do with the game. But, you know, the fact that you tried NHL 94 at my house for the first time, that's, yeah. that reminds me of that time period. And that was so fun. And we would play, like, we would come down to your house. And I always remember you'd have pretzels and drinks and chips and, <laughs> like, cheese puffs. And you'd be cooking bratwurst and hot dogs and. We'd watch a little bit of the Flyers game, and then, like, at intermission, we would turn on your Sega and play, like, NHL 94. And then when the Flyers were coming back on, we would pause it and then flip the, the TV back over to the to the satellite and watch, the, watch that period, then flip it back over to the Genesis at intermission again. That was fun. Those were some fun times. I miss those days. Those were some great times. I, I, I really had a great setup because I was in the bottom of our parents' house, and I basically I had that whole level. So, you know, a lot of times landed, there was a little rock path and landed would I'd see him coming. I'd see him walking up that rock path to our, our slider door and he'd come in and we would just play games all the time. That's what we did like every weekend, all the time. And and yeah, we'd watch a lot of hockey together. A lot of times the Flyers would lose, unfortunately. But kinda reminds me of that time that after one of the Flyers games they lost, it was a playoff game. <laughs> we got we decided to get a snake 
And you remember, were you with us? You remember this? I was just thinking about that. We tied fishing line around the state. <laughs> now, who knows? I, and alcohol was not involved. We promise. This was just us being goofy. Uh, and so we uh, we put the uh, the flyers lost, and Lynn's like, I got an idea. I'll cheer you up. So <laughs> for some reason, we had a giant rubber snake, and we decided, because our house was kind of right by the road, we decided to go throw the snake across the road and reel the snake across the road, like from the, the one side of the road. And people would run over the thing. <laughs> so that was it. There's no like. <laughs> oh. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, it has nothing to do with NHL 94. But no, it that has was nothing to times. do with it. That's just a memory associated <laughs> with good times. I, the one memory I have, and I think, I can't remember if it was, it had to have been a playoff game because it was, it was hot. Mm-hmm. It was the day that like, we drove to that huge bridge by your house and jumped off of it and like, thunderstorm oh my gosh i remember that yeah mm-hmm. that was uh that was fun so rob he he lived near the the lake in our in our county like one of the big lakes and there was a bridge it was probably about a 25 or 30 foot drop off one side of the bridge and one of the things that we would always do like after a flyers game or after any hockey game or something is if it was hot enough we just go you know get in our car and just drive the quarter of a mile to the bridge mm-hmm. near the lake and just jump off of it and have fun <laughs> well the very first time that i ever jumped off of it and it was probably the only time i ever jumped off of it i think now that i think back on it you know we line up and i was thinking about my like, man i don't know i'm scared i'm scared you know and one of my friend i think it was our friend casey he's like oh come on you can't be as big a wuss as the flyers are they just got cream come on <laughs> you'd always put one in there yep and and you're like hey shut up don't 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 egg him on with the flyers, man. Don't use them as a source of evil. And I'm like, and I'm like, you know what? You know what? I'm just gonna do it. And about the time I like jumped off of the bridge and was free falling, there's a huge crack of lightning like hit probably oh, about yeah. a mile down the, the the lake from where we were at. And like I jumped in and like I remember you looking at me and going, dude, you've never done that before. You jumped off in a thunderstorm. I, I can't let you show me up. You just like take off. <laughs> and then everybody else just takes off. And, and, and it all started just because our friend Casey said, come on, man, don't be like those loser flyers and not even show up. That sounds about <laughs> right. Yep. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And I was like, man, of all times to do it for the first time, you did it during a thunderstorm. So, whew, God bless you, man. You, Dude, you I hurt for to... three days after that. Day. <laughs> I get the wrong way coming down. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, that's that's what we used to do. We would play uh, NHL games. Uh, eventually, I know we would play Blades of Steel a lot when I got that from the Hillbilly mm-hmm. Mall, right, not far from where we lived, and uh, uh, we just played a bunch of hockey games and, and watched a lot of playoff hockey. And that's another thing I forgot to mention is that right around that time period in '93 is where I started watching the Flyers pretty religiously, and it kind of became this ongoing thing. Uh, when I moved down south, I got the NHL Center Ice, and I tried to watch every single Flyers game I could. And back in the days, I didn't even have TiVo. I'd have to set my VCR at a certain time and record the game, go to work, come back, hope the game was on there. There'd be even a couple times I'd be getting nervous, thinking my streak broke. You know, I missed a game. I'd call my, my sister and be like, hey, can you please tape the game or whatever? <laughs> so that was a big chunk of my life. And this game is synonymous with just the beginning of it all. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. So, So here's the thing. Now, this is something that's so interesting to me, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot. Um, NHL 94 is a household name now. You know, this is like the one that all of the EA games, the new ones, pay tribute to. They even have 
the NHL Rewind feature on the latest NHL game. So I'm sure we'll get into, you know, is this the best NHL game or not? I mean, even EA names a controller scheme after that. You know, have you ever played the games where it has NHL 94 mode as your control scheme? Uh, no, no, I haven't. You have a, like, it, it, it sets it up in the three buttons. You have the control stick that moves you around, mm-hmm. and then you have, uh, like, clear the puck, pass, and shoot, and that's it. And it's just called the NHL 94 setup. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously paying a lot of credit to it, and there were a lot of other NHL games after that, obviously, and there were a handful before it. Let's let's talk about that. So yeah. the the gameplay, you know, is as we cover all this, I think one thing we need to ask ourselves, the big question is like, is this the greatest NHL game of all time, or are we looking through it through rose colored glasses? I'll, I'll, I'll spoiler alert for me, I'm totally looking through rose colored glasses. This is one of my like. I cannot separate my nostalgia for this game. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so. I, I'm kind of like you in that aspect as well. Like, I think I have the rose-colored glasses, but also, I mean, the the facts speak for themselves. Like, it's yeah. mm-hmm. probably it's like one of the most referenced, like you said, by EA. Mm-hmm. It's referenced in pop culture. I mean, take a look at Mallrats. They reference it when uh, Brody. Is, is playing and he's the Whalers and he's up by 10. Who was he playing? I can't even remember. Oh, I cannot remember. But he was playing NHL 94. I think they said he was playing the Sega CD version of it. Oh, yes. I'm glad you brought that up. We're going to talk about that some more. Uh, I had never seen some of the intro videos of the Sega CD version. Oh, it's so good. It's Dude, so it's good. wild. It's wild. I, I That's just a system I missed out on as a kid. And if I had had this for that, I, I would dare say that you know, that was the definitive version of the game. It's really good. And the music is fantastic uh, on the Sega CD. So, yeah. So, gameplay. This this game was programmed by Mark Lesser. And he even got his own <laughs> page on the manual uh, of the game. So, that was pretty cool. A little biography on him. And the controls, you know, they're pretty self-explanatory. I think it was A was to clear the puck, B is to pass, and C is to shoot. Although I noticed that you could use the B button, like if you were straight facing the goalie, yeah, you could catch you could catch him sleeping a little bit. So you could press the B button instead of the C button to shoot, and it passes right under his five hole, all right, right through the five hole. So you, a lot of times you could kind of score cheaply there. <laughs> I did uh, that a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, me too. You got to do what you got to do in those playoffs. And it was interesting is the manual talks a lot about the four-way play adapter, the EA one. I never I never used I, that before. I never did either. Yeah, it, it was weird. What you had to do is you had a, the – if you had a six-button controller, you actually had to switch off the three – you had to switch to a three-button mode. So you basically had to cut the, the game off, the system off, hold down the mode button, and that would reset it from a six-button mode to a three-button mode, and then you could huh. play so, never actually tried it, uh, but this game would be wild if you could do that. It would be, and you know, that was kind of a, a feature that EA kind of incorporated. Starting around 94 was the, the multi-tap, because I know the Madden football from that year yeah. was, mm-hmm. was really big into advertising the multi-tap for yep. Madden 94. So that may have been just a thing, like, you know, 94 was the year, hey, we're going to push multi-tap in all of our sports games. Yeah, yeah. So that that would have been a lot of fun, you know. Us all huddled around, especially the crew we had back in oh, the early two thousands. <laughs> there, 
<laughs> you thought you thought Halo fist fights were bad, man. You should, <laughs> NHL '94 fist fights would have been even worse. Oh, and now Lando and I, you know, we would uh, kind of like take a step back, and some of our buddies they'd fight over Halo. Uh, we just kind of laugh. <laughs> yeah, like me, me and you, we we never really got all that riled up over Halo or NHL '94 for that matter. Like we'd say, "Oh, you butthead" or whatever whenever we get scored on, but that was it, really. That was it. That was it. The trash talking was to a minimum, which I'm kind of surprised. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> So a couple of um, modes for you. In the options and settings, you have your regular season, and um, you can play uh, at home. You can be a visitor. You can do two teammates, two head-to-head, or you can just do a demo mode, which I love that. You can literally just watch a demo of the game being played. And what's really neat is I think even in the options menu, like in between periods, especially during the playoffs, you could watch highlights from the other games. Oh, yeah, I love that. And, like, you could check the scores from other games, too, at the bottom. Yeah, which I thought was so creative. And, like, how much time did it take the developers to do something like that? That just kind of helps with that immersion factor. Like, it it kind of went from being a video game, I think, from the NHL PA 93 to NHL 94. I think it went mm-hmm. from being more of a video game to, like, a hey, this is you watching a hockey game, but you're controlling the players. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it feels a lot more realistic. When you when you go back and you see all the things they added um, from NHLPA uh, 93 to 94, they added a ton. As a matter of fact, if you look at the manual, there's one whole page of just bullet points of things they added mm-hmm. to this version of the game. So, you know, that might play a part into, you know, whether or not it's, what many consider the greatest hockey game of all time or not, it's definitely an upgrade. I don't, I don't think there's any argument that it's a major upgrade compared to NHLPA 93. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember at the time, though, uh, when this game came out, a lot of the older friends that I had, they're like, wait a minute, where's the fighting? You, Where's the blood? You know? Yeah, I noticed it didn't have the fighting in it. Yeah, this I think for some reason this game cut that. And there was a couple games after this one that cut it as well. But I think eventually they brought it back in the late 90s. I don't know which game they did. I don't know if it was 96 or 7. But they did bring it back. But honestly, it never really mattered too much to me. No, I mean, really the only thing that fighting is good for now in the in the newer NHL games is like if you're getting, if you're getting beat and you want your guys to kind of get a little extra... I guess, stat boost for a couple of minutes. You have your guy get in a fight and win it, and you get like a two-minute stat boost. And Yeah, yeah. Oh, that actually reminds me. That's another really cool thing about this this game, too, is not only did one of the coolest features they added was the crowd meter. So, Oh, I love as, that. As a, yeah, as a kid, I didn't know that it actually mattered. I just thought the crowd went crazy. So, the, the you know, you... If your player, your goalie makes a great save, the crowd goes wild. If you make a great hit, the crowd goes nuts. Well, I just thought that was just part of the game. I didn't actually know that your player stats start to increase if the decibels of each uh, game, the crowd decibels get higher and higher, your players get better and better. They get faster, they hit harder, your goalie's um, save stats increase. That is so cool to me. That's cool, and see... And then on the opposite side of that, if you're the away team, mm-hmm. you want to play good to keep the, the crowd out of it because yeah. you don't want the home team to be getting those those crowd boosts. You want them to kind of stay where they're at, especially if you're beating them. So your goal as the away team, you know, you had to kind of strategize, you know, if I'm the home or the away, or, or the away team, what my, my game plan is going to be. Am I going to take the crowd out of it 
and just beat them down, mm-hmm. or are we going to try to keep it close and 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 beat them, you know, in the last few minutes? You know, it just kind of made you rethink your strategy. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that that was so cool about that, and I just that's an element of strategy I didn't even know existed when I was a kid. So as an adult, I'm like, wow, that was a really ahead of its time. I don't know if this was the first game to kind of do that, but it's pretty daggone innovative for sure another thing that was really innovative is this is one of the first hockey games that had commentary like a running commentary by ron Barr. yeah he would give you kind of the pregame like reports on who was hot who was cold yeah and, and a lot of times as a kid i i just skip over him like ah no one no one wants to hear what he has to say but you just hit the nail on the head he actually gives really valuable information about your team like hey this player is really cold right now so when you're editing your lineups which is another feature you could do um, you'd be like, okay, I'm going to get rid of that guy and I'm going to add somebody else instead because of what Ron Barr said. And a lot of times that would help. Yeah. And like, especially like if you're, when you're in the playoffs, especially when you're doing the playoff mode where it's the one game, you know, elimination instead of the best of seven series, that hot and cold can make or break your game and whether yeah. or not you're going to mm-hmm. stay in the tournament or not. Because, you know, your goalie can come in one game and he's hot and he's making all these saves and you beat a team that you're not supposed to beat. But the next game, he could come in cold, and then he just gets destroyed. Yeah, and I mean, that plays a major part in in the, you know, kind of preparing for the series. It's really good. And I'll tell you something else I liked about this game, about this game too, as compared to the years before, is when Mm -hmm. you're on the team select and the option screen setting your game up, if you leave the, the cursor kind of alone on the two teams that you have selected to play, It'll start showing, like, pretty good player photos for each player that's on that team, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, that's another you, thing, yeah. You, like, those photos are, I mean, they're black and white, but they're very they're very crisp for, for 16-bit. Yeah, and, and that that's one really nice feature, too. There was, like, over 100-some photos of these players. I don't know if they got every single player's photo, but just the fact that they crammed all of that in this little cart and, and all the other features, like... Um, Oh my gosh! Uh, like all of the music organs, specific yes. to yeah, specific to each arena you play at. That was so neat that they did that. I mean, that's a feature that a lot of people would not really notice that this game went above and beyond to include. Yeah, like you know, the the Whalers had uh, brass bonanza for their mm-hmm. uh, organ music uh, when the Saints go marching in for the Blues. Saber dance for the Buffalo Sabers, which is really cool. But did it. Oh yeah, it's a classic. You know, they they like if a team had a certain song that they came out to, they would play that on the organ on the on the opening face off, and that was that was just like a a neat little touch. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, Kozer, it's already nine o'clock. I guess we better call Uh-oh. the uh, Zambonis, eh? Yeah, let's give them a call. Okay, so we'll hop off this thing here, and we will talk some more NHL '94 with our friends. This is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Get on the train, it takes me away. Not gonna see you for a while. Why? It's an away game. It's an away game. I'm coming home soon! Train that takes me away. Not gonna see you for a while. 
Guys, well, we are joined by, oh, we're so excited. We're joined by two guys that we basically grew up listening to play some awesome music. It's a beautiful blend between hockey and rock. I'm joined by Dave Schneider and Tarkin Cadence. I actually said your name's right. Exactly. <laughs> so this is a geek moment for me, and I'm going to try not to, you know, ask the, the questions you probably always, you always hear, but I also think we'd be doing our uh, listeners a disservice if we didn't ask some of the questions we probably all want to hear. So, uh, Dave, I'll start with you, man. Can you tell us, take us through the whole beginning, the whole genesis of where the Zambodis came from and, uh, and what you guys are doing these days? Well, it started in B.C. <laughs> uh, we've been around quite British a while. Columbia? No, British Columbia, correct. <laughs> That's, uh, <laughs> That's Tarkin with, the, uh, with the, color, uh, the color stuff back there. No, uh, it all started in 1991, I'm, and we didn't start yet, but uh, I'm Dave, and on the other end is Tarkin. And Tarkin and his brother Peter had a band called the Philistines Jr. And, and uh, I'm a huge music fan, and I loved this band. They're uh, to this day they're one of my favorite bands, and they were just unlike other bands. They were it was kind of like their music was in their own world, and uh, I wanted to somehow get in a band with that those guys, and it took me about six or eight months to figure out some way to try to do it. And I said to Tarkin at some point, um. We should uh we should start a band and write songs only only about hockey because we both liked hockey. We like playing video games on hockey. But Tarkin said, I, I believe he he agreed, or we just started, and Peter called us idiots, and then he joined in, and and uh, and then it just sort of uh, took over from there. Yeah. So Peter's my older brother, and we've been in bands together forever. He was in that other band, and uh, he definitely is a little more cynical and not quite as foolish as we are. <laughs> uh, so we told him the idea and he just, you know, dismissed it as another stupid Dave and Tarkin idea. But he, he, he got inspired pretty quickly, actually. I think one of the first songs that was ever written by the band was I actually went to see a Fugazi show and Dave and Peter and maybe John was involved wrote Referee's Daughter. Just me and Pete. Yeah, we wrote Ref's yeah. Daughter while Tarkin went, went to see Fugazi. Peter and I sort of I sat priorities. together. <laughs> Which is kind of weird because Peter doesn't really write with other people besides Tarkin, and uh, somehow I somehow I cracked the safe. Yeah. Um, and Peter won a Grammy like uh, a couple years ago. He he produces a lot of great bands, The National and Interpol, and he's really uh he's a genius. I hate to say that, but uh, <laughs> he's a master. That's the word. Like, he's been referred to as a master, but for us, he's just the guy that should just stick with the Zambonis. The annoying older brother. <laughs> Forget those other projects. Oh, that that's so cool. So this kind of all started for the love of games. So like I I noticed you guys did an awesome uh Instagram live video the other day and I just was grinning ear to ear because you know, it just reminded me of Landon and I just huddled around a little TV playing NHL 94. And I think Tarkin you had the camera and you were kind of touring around the house and I knew you guys were solid guys when I saw the Vectrex in a box. Oh, uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I co covet a lot of Dave's stuff. He's definitely, some of the biggest fights we've had over the years are about like who gets to buy a certain vintage find 
I think uh, <laughs> actually a full-size Tron stand-up video game was one yeah. of the big fights. Ooh, nice. Did, did we fight? Yeah, we should. You should have fought me when I sold it. When I I moved, uh, both Tarkin and I have been very fortunate to. Uh, we got married later in life, so for the first <laughs> twenty or some odd years, we bought everything. And, uh, <laughs> we were, we're still children. We still laugh. My, my wife says, you know, when you're with Tarkin, you act like a 12 year old. And, uh, and that's a compliment in my world. But Tarkin, I mean, let's, let's play, uh, let's play a little game, Tark. Um, let's name our uprights that we both have had in the past or still have. Cause we, you know, we the problem with me is that I think almost everything I've ever had, I still have. But, <laughs> I but that, that, that's true. Yeah. Although now they're in my brother's basement, most of them. Yeah, I can give you the list. It's from memory. It's Star. I have, I love the vector games, the old oh, vector cool. graphics. Mm -hmm. So I have Star Castle, Battle Zone, Star Wars, full color vector. Oh, nice. Miss Pac Man, Rampart. That's going down a step a little. Frogger, Major Havoc, my favorite game of all time. Uh, and then wow. like a tabletop Pengo that doesn't work right. I don't remember mine, but I had I had Track and Field, Tron, Galaga. Uh, I got rid of Space Invaders. What was that bubble game? I oh, I also have a cocktail uh, Space Invaders Deluxe. Remember that bubble game, Tarkin? Where you pop the balloons? That was an awesome game. Bubble oh. something. Well, anyways. Was it bubble we, Bobble? No. Was it... I forget. It was I can't even remember. <laughs> yeah. I remember so... beating my fingers to heck on your track and field game. That game hurt. Yes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, we're, 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 we're big geeks and... Uh, but we also like hockey. Absolutely, absolutely. Man, you'll fit in great here. Yeah, exactly. That's all. That's all we did. That's all we talk about. I mean, to, <laughs> but, to be honest, I I don't play nearly as many video games these days. These days, which I guess is good. But I will mention for the record that a couple nights ago, uh, my son, who just turned eighteen a little while back, reached a hundred percent, and he's very proud. A hundred percent on the Lego Star Wars: A Complete Saga game. Hey, nice. So he's super that's excited. Nice. That takes like that's a major effort. Yes, those games are not easy. I'm sorry. They yeah, they're Lego, but they are not easy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have the patience for them. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Well, let's let's talk about um oh my gosh. Okay, so this is where I have to be careful not to geek out too much. But No, you could geek out. But, <laughs> okay. Here but, you it comes, know, here just, it comes. just just before you geek out about us, you know, if you guys didn't uh post anything about Zambonis or whatever, however this happened, I Tarkin and I haven't played Sega 94 in a really long time. So we went digging because we're doing this. I'm like, Hey, let's get, let's play a game. And we, we dug through. He had his two kids come over and my son was here and we really at the last minute found a, a cable that would work. But, uh, thank you guys because it was great. We played. Yeah. I, I won two. He lost one. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Go Bruins, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That is so cool. That is so cool. You know, are you I, all right now? You geek out. Okay. Well, I was gonna say. Uh, okay, so I remember, and I told uh, Dave, I told you this, but Tarkin, I didn't get to tell you. I literally Google searched because I was really into hockey, and and Landon, I just talked about this before we called you guys. Um, Landon, he got into hockey right around the time that I moved to the South, and uh, I just was getting psyched up for the next season. I think it was two thousand two when I had moved. And I was like, boy, I could listen to some hockey music. Is there even like a band out there that sings about hockey? I don't know. So I literally Google search, you know, just hockey bands. And the first result to come up is the Zambonis. I'm like, who are these guys? 
So I, I pull up the, one of their albums on Half.com. I buy the album, and <laughs> it happens to be more songs about hockey and buildings and food. And that album, guys, no joke, I I played that thing to death. I actually still have that same CD on my shelf, but I have worn that thing out. Like Hextall, Hockey Monkey, Slapshot Man, Landon and I sing that one all the time. Oh, dude, Slapshot Man's awesome. Oh, <laughs> gosh, awesome. Breakaway, <laughs> Drop That Puck. Oh, the, the, the I'll tell you. Uh, we write the songs that make the whole rink sing. I think that's on that one. Yep. I that love song. that song. Oh my gosh. Oh, cool. You know, we used to listen to to Hockey Monkey like when we were going to play pickup games in the parking lot. Yeah. Like uh-huh. we'd be in your car and you're like, "Hey man, you want to listen to Hockey Monkey?" I'm like, "Yeah, turn Let's it do on. It. We're, we're getting ready that's to play." Awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we don't. We don't. Um, you know, the the band is has moved on, and and Tarkin and Peter aren't. They're still part of the family. They're my best friends. We speak to each other basically every day. But there's there's four other guys in the band now, and the lineup changes. But when you mention more songs and Slapshot Man, I I immediately think about Tarkin. We were recording the song downstairs, and we didn't have words. Do you remember this, Tarkin? Uh, guys, just for the record, I've had nine concussions, and oh, yeah. I really I, I love hearing about my life from other people. But I don't remember that. <laughs> Well, so I just no, I don't remember, Dave. I'm sorry. Uh, well, uh, in the old days, the 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 dream was to go to Tarkin's house in Greenwich, Connecticut, and in the basement was their studio, Tarkin Studios. Now it's moved to. I convinced Peter to move to Bridgeport, Connecticut, a long time ago, and this huge mansion, and and that's where it is now. It's 31 rooms, and it's crazy. But but um, I remember Slapshot Man. We didn't have words, so we each went to like a different area, and Tarkin. I'm just being honest. You went right upstairs to the bathroom at the top of the stairs to okay. uh, sit down and concentrate. <laughs> and, I do my uh, best work. And you, <laughs> yes, yes. And you, you wrote your verse. I remember we were all writing different verses and, uh, it was great. It was great. That's how, so all those, th- those are my favorite Zamboni moments back in the day when the four, when the three of us or the four of us would all work on one song. And there's some songs like Wendell Clark off the first record. Mm-hmm. Slapshot Man's another one. I it just it was it was a real band, which is a no different than a team, you know. And that's band, team, hockey, music. It's the same thing. So. Oh, that's that's a beautiful analogy. I like that. And yeah. uh, I think there's one of the songs where you talked about that in a more recent album. Oh, what was it? maybe it was Cap- Captain. Captain? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that's another one of my favorites too for for so many reasons. I think that's the only song from the modern Zambonis that Tarkin likes. That's that not true? true. That's not <laughs> no, true. I'm no, just I, kidding. I, I, listen, I'm, Dave knows me, and I don't. I don't. When I don't love a song, I don't hide it very well. Uh, <laughs> so he knows. But I, I think Peter and I both are kind of harsh critics. And, oh uh, yeah. You know, I, and actually, just one more quick little tidbit. I, we don't want to make this too long, but uh, when we, in saying that, and in remembering what you said, Dave, about being back at the old studio. I just remember years, like early, early in the band, we had friends who got booked to play opening up for a monster truck show at Madison Square Garden. Oh, yeah. And they reached out to Peter to say, hey, can you do sound for us at the garden at MSG? And and somehow it got to the point where I was like, hey, Pete, like we should play with them. The Zambonis at Madison Square Garden where the Rangers play. This would be like a dream come true. And we kept sort of trying to convince him and, and the other band was super receptive and was like, yeah, yeah. And Dave and I were talking to Peter saying, Pete, 
when you talk to him next, just like lock it in. We've got to do this. And he, he's, he's like, guys, I'll use my best judgment. And in unison, we're like, no, 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 don't use your judgment. It's just yes. Say yes. Yeah. So anyway, that sort of Pete was, I don't know. Oh, yeah. that's but cool. it happened. Don't think about it, Peter. Don't think about it. That's what I would constantly say. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's clear, like, when I hear that album, it's clear you guys, through your music, had such a fun time. I mean, so let's talk about that. You guys are very unique in the sense that, I mean, you are a band that specifically sings about hockey, although I think hockey is a lot of times a metaphor for other things. But Absolutely. Was that like, just take us to that time, because as a fan, I'd love to know, was that very kind of groundbreaking? I mean, how receptive were fans to that kind of music? Uh, I'll just say I was shocked by a couple things with Zamboni's. Uh, people immediately liked the Zambonis. I've, you know, I've been playing in other bands and where they didn't like you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I have a kind of maybe a cynical answer and, and a nice answer, but I you think both. Zambonis were very accessible to a lot of people because it was kind of very clear. They understood what it was. Once they got it, they got it. And it was like, Oh, this band plays songs about hockey. And we tried to, you know, make it as, make it interesting. And, and I think, a bunch of us do have a passion either for hockey or for music or for both. And so hopefully we did interesting things, but you know, I, I definitely feel I had a long song uh, discussion with my son the other day about having really tight constraints in a way really kind of unleashes your creativity. Cause if yeah. you are just sitting with all the options in the world, you're kind of stuck with too many options. And when you limit your scope, it amazingly, like it's sort of, you'd think it would be harder, but I think it's almost easier than to get creative and write songs about all kinds of aspects of hockey, et cetera. Hmm. Right. I, uh, that's why I've always been in a band with Tarkin because that's his brain working there. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the whole thing with the Zambonis for me was, you know, if it was just me in the early days, it might've been dumbed down but you've got peter and tarkin coming from a different point and myself and i think between the three of us and and this guy john that uh is john alley was one of the the main guys uh after the three of us were looking for another guy we got john but i think the goal for me still no pun intended was to uh basically not suck and and, <laughs> and, and, and the reason we almost got there yeah the 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 reason Anybody who thinks, if you say, oh, I, I have a band and we sing songs about hockey, you immediately have the advantage uh, of possibly being, all you have to do is just be decent and they'll be surprised because that just sounds like <laughs> the worst idea. You know, it's like, so that's the goal. That's the, that's the cheat kind of. If we walk out on stage in hockey gear and all of a sudden we're playing our instruments and actually singing pretty well, it's, it, you know, it sort of gives you a, an easy win. And then it's different, and then and the rest sort of carries itself. But we do work really hard on the songs, and we love music more than most people in this world. So that's that's what we try to do. I, I have to mention uh, that the one, I mean, you sort of started the question of talking, saying it's sort of a metaphor for lots of different things that you can use sort of the hockey metaphor. But uh, Peter used to have a, a quote that he would use in interviews a lot that I thought was absolutely perfect, where he would say that when people asked about that topic, he'd say, I believe, uh, if I can get it right, we believe that all life experience and the essence of the human condition can be communicated through the hockey metaphor. <laughs> oh, that's you know, beautiful. Sort of, oh, yeah. yeah. That's a, 
That's a beauty right there. <laughs> now, I, now, Tarkin, you don't know this, but I'll be honest with you. I told Peter, and you're not going to believe me, but this is the truth. I said to Pete, why don't you, because if I answer like, hey, what do you got, you know, what's your song, what's your, what's the thing, what's this whole thing about? I, I'll sound like an idiot. I said, Pete, why don't you write something, like really kill it? And he <laughs> he wrote that, and he proceeded to repeat it, at, at which which we were all for it. We It was great, but he <laughs> he wrote it, just so you know. I don't know if you know that. That was a Walt <laughs> Whitman line there. That was beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, I know you guys said that you were into some uh, some retro video games. So, what are some other retro hockey games that you guys uh, were into back in the day? Oh God, the Nintendo. We played a lot of Nintendo, to be yeah. honest. The fat um, guy, the fat guy, the thin guy. Yes, ice hockey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that noise, that honk. They were just. <laughs> <laughs> We played a lot of Nintendo. We definitely played Sega. Uh, and, you know, I get all the years confused. I remember I was so excited when the one-timer first was introduced. But I remember being incredibly frustrated at certain times over the years as it evolved because when it first came out, it was like this great tool that sort of rewarded, like, smart hockey thinking. And then, like, there was a, I don't know if it was the next year, one of those years, like, Anytime you did a one-timer from anywhere at any angle, it always scored. It was like it got way too much, like a given, yeah, and it sort of was yeah. too much. And then they rolled it back again. And so I, I will say I was uh, pretty frustrated the other night playing Sega 94 again. <laughs> uh, maybe because Dave edged me out, but uh, it was a little frustrating. Yeah, those one-timers, man. I, I watched a couple of those. I said, man, he still got it. Oh, <laughs> it wasn't good. me it wasn't me it's joey juno it wasn't me oh okay i got you i don't know you know i don't know when you and lando played mm-hmm. was there a guy that won more than the other i think rob won more i think that's very big of you yeah <laughs> I i'll, I'll I say, say it that. because he he would do the the cheap goals like knock your goalie out of the crease oh score. get out of here I did. that sounds no, like I did that sounds and like then you, you know you would do those like where you were trying to pass it to somebody but you passed it into the goal but oh the goal get out of here up that it was a shot yeah, yeah making it up geez i'm gonna cut this part <laughs> well tarkin tarkin uh you know he's a he's a an amazing athlete um he plays every sport and he 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 started playing tennis like five years ago and all of a sudden he's an amazing tennis player. So it's kind of crazy, but in, I don't know why, but in certain games, uh, both Peter and Tarkin, I, I don't know how or why, but I get in, <laughs> I get in their heads a little bit. Is that true, Tarkin? Oh, I can't deny it. I wish I could say no. <laughs> I mean, I failed out of junior college and, and he went to Yale and he got, he went to some other school for four years too, but, there's nothing you can take away from being in the zone and then panicking. And I'm in the zone and he's panicking. <laughs> you don't have to rub it in, Dave. Um, I'm just explaining things. Yeah, I will say, I, I love Peter Cadis's my brother's reaction to playing video games with us because he's a bit, he, you know, he loves hockey and he's he he has actually he hasn't skated in a bunch of years, but he was a great hockey player, mm-hmm. and uh, we would convince him to play video games with us, and he would get so mad. Because he could do it on the ice, but then he couldn't do it on the video game. Just, this is so unrealistic. And he'd be like, oh, he gets so mad. I, I told Tarkin this the other day, but uh, it was yesterday, actually. But as we were playing the other night, uh, his daughter, Helen, was sitting there. And, you know, they're playing Among Us on the side as, as their two older gentlemen act like idiots next to them. <laughs> and uh, and um, Tarkin's, you know, doing his kind of freak out thing. And I'm just sitting there. And she's like, Dad. Why, 
why is Dave so quiet and you're freaking out? He goes, that's why he's winning. (laughs) (laughs) But you did, you did come back in the third, uh, third game. What teams did we have? I did win the last game we played. That's true. Back in the day, it was all Boston, New York. I don't know why, but yeah, there was one guy, uh, Ruzika. He's number 38 for Boston. I, I don't, Rajika, I, we don't even know who he was, but he, <laughs> he, killed, he killed me. I hated Tarkin. that game. Oh. <laughs> he killed uh, him every game. 38. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, sometimes certain teams that for me, uh, and please don't hold it against me. I'm a Flyers guy. The Penguins, uh, the Devils. I hated the Devils in the 90s. Uh, who else did I hate in the 90s? Because they would always school my Flyers, but no. There's, there's, I'm sure there were more. <laughs> I used to hate the Flyers as much as any team ever. And I've grown to like the Flyers, to be honest. Like, I really, I don't want to get into a big thing about Bobby Clark, but I really resent Bobby Clark and the way he handled Dendros and all that. I think it was just inhuman. But anyway, uh, I, I like a lot of the players. I think they're, they're going to be a good team. And you got to give it up for Gritty. I love Gritty. Oh, yeah. 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 Y'all wrote a song about Gritty. Yeah, yeah. I wrote a Christmas song about Gritty. I, I genuinely love Gritty. I don't know. I mean, I contacted the the marketing company that created him, and I'm really I'm just blown away that, you know, that's something that shouldn't work. Kind of like a hockey band. <laughs> <laughs> when you, when he first came out, at, I remember the first day, everybody's like, "Oh my God, no! What are these guys?" And the next day, they were on it. Everybody was on it. It took like one day for people to stop yelling at that. Look at this mess. And, exactly. That, that's yeah. something. Yeah. I remember when that came out and everyone's throwing off. And of course, I got all the trash talk because I'm like the one Flyers yeah. fan of all our friends. And then within like a day or two, Gritty somehow gets on Twitter. He's like, well, you're welcome, Internet. And then, you know, after that, it was just he blew up. <laughs> I always yeah. wanted to start a rumor that the guy from Jar Jar Binks is in the Gritty suit. But... Oh, come on now. Come on now. <laughs> he, he failed once. Don't tarnish his name. <laughs> he failed once, and he just he wanted to come back. Comeback story. <laughs> I will mention that I do have uh, some experience in the world of professional mascotry. Yeah. I was actually oh. the – I was Buddy the Beast for an AHL team called the Beast of New Haven for a couple seasons. Wow. Yeah, Jeez. it was a split farm team for Carolina and Florida right right after the Whalers went to Carolina. Wow, no kidding. Wow, that Renaissance a- man. <laughs> that was that was the sweet time for the Zambonis because we would play in our. Uh, I grew up. The, my my exposure to hockey was the New Haven Nighthawks in the New Haven Coliseum, and then and then through the nineties, I, I loved the AHL teams there. And then the Beast came, and Tarkin became Buddy the Beast, and the Zambonis became kind of the band that would play there. And New Year's Eve, we'd play on the ice at the New Haven Coliseum, and it's like it's it was snowing, but it was actually the asbestos coming off the roof. <laughs> <laughs> People would be tripping over asbestos on the ice. <laughs> That's good times. Yeah, great times. Hey, one of you guys mentioned uh, Chicago. I played with Chicago today just to refresh my memory, and uh, Jeremy Ronick was mentioned. Tarkin, why don't you tell him your Ronick connection? I, I I played for a year with Ronick as a kid, as a squirt. No way. He's oh, my favorite. He's cool. my favorite player of all time. That's awesome. Yeah, he's a Massachusetts kid, but he he lived a year in Ridgefield, Connecticut, and we played for the Ridgefield Super Squirts, and we had an amazing year with him. We went, we were best team in New England, and uh, my most vivid memory, I, me- I remember, I still have the trophy for that year. We played sixty four games that year, which is a lot for a squirt team. Wow! Uh, and we went fifty six six and two, oh, which is a goodness. pretty good record. Wow. And uh, 
we went to the New England Championships up in Biddeford, Maine, and we played Providence the first game and beat them six nothing, and then made it all the way to the finals and somehow faced Providence again, and we lost. Oh. And I remember, like second period, Jeremy on the bench, like he was, he cared, and we all cared, but he was. I remember him sobbing, like, "Come on, guys!" Like you know, but he was, he was amazing. He was head and shoulders above everybody, uh, wow. even at that age. That is incredible. I mean, yeah. so cool. was he the team captain at that time, or I don't remember if he actually wore a C or not. Um, but he was definitely. I mean, he was the guy. Oh. And uh, one of the funniest quotes I remember from back then is. My best buddy at the time was this kid, Jason Dini, who was a really solid hockey player uh, and probably could have gone on to play real hockey. He, he didn't you know, play for that long. But I remember one of the parents saying, you know, it's not the kids like Jeremy that make it. It's those guys who are like that next level, like Jason, who like work harder. No, it's the guys like Jeremy who can just <laughs> immediately, you know, dangle around everybody. <laughs> That's awesome. So, okay, I have to ask this because um... – it was such a cool thing that I read. Is it true that you all got to take to hold the Stanley Cup? Is that is that true? Oh, oh, it's definitely. I didn't. Yeah, unfortunately. So Tarkin and Pete got out in two thousand two, and then um, over the next couple of years, uh, Matt Cullen. You guys know Matt Cullen? He's an NHL guy. Yes. Okay. I was going to say, did he play for Carolina? Or? Yeah, he, he played, played for, for Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, that's right. And uh-huh. Penguins actually for a while. So it starts with Carolina, and uh, his wife uh, contacted us and said, hey, we love your band, and uh, if we win the Stanley Cup, uh, we want you to come to Fargo and play the party. And and actually, in the beginning, she didn't tell Matt. She just – because that's the kind of like, you know, you don't want to jinx anything. But she – and they won. Carolina won, which is is crazy in in many ways because – I was a Hartford Whaler fan, so it was even crazier for me. Like they they move, and the next year they win the freaking Stanley Cup. It was, it was you know, it wasn't <laughs> the next, but but it was odd. But uh, so anyway, we go out to Fargo, and we spent three days with the Hurricanes, and that cup. And this is, you know, they have different rules now, but at the time, strangers or people that don't play the game aren't supposed to touch the cup. Man, that there's there's pictures. I I was holding it above my head. It's heavy, and I'm not an athlete, you know. Like, <laughs> and I'm singing like Breakaway, and all these guys, like all the all the Hurricanes are jumping around outside, like on the dance floor. A oh lot of gosh. a lot of barefoot. Uh, who's the guy with the Commodore? Was that the guy's name? Uh, was it Mike Mike Commodore? Yes. Yes. Uh huh. With the big hair. <laughs> he, he's he's flying around. I. He like grabs the cup. He was throwing it up in the air. It was insane. And and then of course, uh, after the whole show, we went back. And uh, our drummer at the time, um, Matt Matt O, Big Matt O, he uh, he never drank a drop of alcohol his whole life. Never. His you know his parents might have had a problem, whatever. And um, he said the only way I'll ever drink is out of the Stanley Cup. And what are the odds? So very, <laughs> and and there's a video on YouTube uh, of a song, I, I forget what it is, but here it is, and and we all we, it's it the, the video's there, and and Matt Cullen pours like two point five ounces of a Michelob Ultra Light into the Stanley Cup, and, <laughs> <laughs> and and then Matt just drank it, and that was it. It's the only time he ever touched alcohol. 
Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, that, cool. hey, the one time, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and then Cullen wins again, and we go back out there, because then he won with Pittsburgh. Oh, that's right. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. So, I mean, did, did you ever in your wildest dreams, when you were starting a, you know, a hockey band, think you would actually one day hoist the, the Stanley Cup over your head? No, definitely not. <laughs> it's crazy. All we wanted, all we wanted were a couple jerseys. <laughs> exactly. You know, it, it, it's incredible. Like we've had loads of fun all the way through with the band, but we got to meet some of our biggest heroes through the band. We we got to play at like the, I think it was the 2002 All Star Game in, yeah. out in LA and at the Staples Center, and we played on the ice right before the game. Wow! And then. Like last minute, I can't, I still can't believe it actually happened. Last minute, they're, they called an audible, like, Hey guys, second intermission, Tarkin, you're going to sit on the Zamboni in the passenger seat with a wireless mic. We'll put the other guys on the player's bench and you can sing. I want to drive the Zamboni <laughs> as wow. it goes around the ice. Yeah. And like, are you kidding me? It couldn't have been like more tailor made. Like whoever wrote the script, they did it right. Like, so wow. the perfect That's culmination so cool. to the band. That's why we could. Step aside, having fulfilled our dreams. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is that is awesome. The other crazy part of that that show was, so if you walk off the ice, there's a long hallway, and there were dressing rooms. It was like Five for Fighting, and Jewel and Dots and another punk rock band. I forget their name, but at that at that All Star game, they had the whole USA 1980 team there for the oh, first time together. Oh, cool. So lined up as we walk off or like right outside of our dressing room is a whole line of the USA hockey team and all the NHL all-stars too. So we're looking at like Patrick Wass sitting right outside of our dressing room, Aruzioni. It was just insane. Federal I had to ask the... Kashik to move out of my way so I could get into the room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a lie. Oh my gosh. That, that's incredible. I was about to ask, have, have there been other similar moments like that? We're like, I cannot believe I'm here right now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's been a lot of fun stuff. Honestly, my favorite thing that happened sort of tangentially because of the band, uh, a guy I played hockey with somehow his friend was friends with Kovalev and I kind of knew him better because of the band. So it wasn't like purely only the band, but. After the summer, after he hurt his knee. Well, that's your uh, tell him that's Tarkin's favorite player ever. Oh, he, he's always been my number one favorite player. Oh, I love Kovalev. And so the summer after he hurt his knee, the guy's like, "Hey, listen, I got, I got, I rented the ice for Kovalev and his nephew. Come and skate." So I went and I skated with him. And at first, it was like him on the far side of the ice and me, just like afraid to say hello. <laughs> and, and at one point, so it's just him, his little nephew, and another woman there. And the two of us in hockey gear. Uh, and at one point, he comes over. You and Peter. You no, Peter wasn't there yet. He comes over. He's like, hey, you want to do some one-on-ones? And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, you know, he basically, you know, I'm trying to defend against Koval at one-on-one for 30 minutes. And then he kind of stops and he kind of wipes his brow and looks at the sweat. And he's like, this is good. We do three times a week, next three weeks. <laughs> and so then like... And, and my buddy was this guy who had money and he just rented the ice for us. And so it was like, it was me and my brother and it was either like two on two or three on three full ice with two goalies wow. playing with Kovala. And it was just like an mm -hmm. absolute dream come true. And in the great history of the Zambonis, it's just another, uh, another episode of us not recording and not documenting anything we do. Oh. 
You know what you guys need? You guys need to start your own podcast. I, I exactly. Dude, I listen. <laughs> well, the problem is I'm not savvy. As you can see, it took us about 40 minutes to figure out how we we're going to broadcast <laughs> well, this one. I, I, hey, hey, that's not on you. That's on me. <laughs> yeah, but both Tark, we were supposed to get together at 9 o'clock. At 8.56, both of us realized, oh, we don't have Skype. <laughs> his wife's yelling at him you don't have skype and it's night 856 oh that's so, great that's if you awesome. guys if you guys want to produce uh the, the podcast i'll do it and then uh tark and you could get in if you want hey i'd be honored i'd be honored yeah <laughs> that's awesome well you know what we need to do is have you guys on for every hockey game episode just keep you guys coming back so you awesome. guys only do uh video games well, actually, no, we do a little bit of everything. Um, we have a show. It's kind of dedicated to what we used to do. We go just grab some wings and talk about anything, you know, that was on our, our minds that day. So a lot of times we have a sh like side show called Winging It, where uh, okay. literally we eat, hot, or we eat hot wings and just talk about anything. So that, that's been kind of nice. We haven't done one of those in a couple of years. Though. We haven't done yeah. one of those in a while. Usually, I mean, we, we end up going on a lot of tangents on that. Like we can talk about 80s movies to – what have we talked about? Happy Meal toys at one point. Oh yeah, we did talk about Happy Meal toys. <laughs> but yeah, so um, so to bring it all back to NHL '94, yeah. uh, what what are your memories playing this one? Is this one of your your favorite hockey games of all time, or is there another one that stands out to you guys? I know you I know you brought up NHL hits before, so. It, it, it's very special because it's the one that Tarkin and I played all those years, you know, r while writing like the main, the, the glory days, uh, you know, the innocent, beautiful days of the early Zambonis. It was that game. But once the Zambonis got four songs on uh, NHL hits in 2002, that was that was a problem because, uh, I mean, Tarkin, was that the game we played in the van? No, we played Sega in the van. <laughs> we did this was in the old days before we had you know like so we had to they I, I had only just learned what a power inverter was so we bought a power inverter to plug into the cigarette lighter so we could then use ac equipment <clears throat> and we did a little mini tour with, with uh one of our favorite best friends this guy from philadelphia who's a huge flyers fan who had a band a little a one-man punk band called adam and his package <laughs> and we did a little East Coast tour because he played with this little like uh, synthesizer that he would just him and a guitar singing to like a backing track. And he's so funny. Uh, he had a great song called Goalie that we covered with him. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. Uh, we did a little mini tour with him and we were so excited because he was a big video game hockey fan. So we got we wedged this big CRT TV in between the two front it, seats. It wasn't that big. But but right, big then, enough it, it could fit between the two. It, seats. it was like a twelve-inch TV, maybe. Tark. Well, no, it was bigger than that. It was bigger yeah. than that. We just but, saw uh, it. It's we just played basement. and played and played until like the inverter would overheat and shut off. <laughs> but but let, let's be clear. One thing you guys would love is, and and I, I think that I, I have some video of us actually playing it. We wedged it between the front seats. Uh, there was like a, a space there, so it's wedged there. It's not safe if he hit the brakes or whatever. <laughs> so, so that's there. We're in the back seats. That's where you play. There's, there's two rows behind us is the guy that's not playing in the middle section right there is the two guy are the two guys playing. But when Peter would accelerate the, the screen would sort of blur or something. I remember that like warm. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I just remember 
Tarkin, as you as you know from before, he's he's a bit spastic with his uh with I'm his a little competitive. Uh, yeah, he's very competitive. <laughs> and and I I know you guys want to keep it family friendly, but he he would scream. Don't accelerate! I'm on a breakaway. Don't accelerate! I'm on a breakaway. <laughs> Why did you accelerate? I was on a breakaway. I told you not to accelerate. <laughs> See, back back in those days, you have to you had to want it. You know, you had to carry a big old TV, find a way to hook it up to your van, wedge it between seats, and drive probably to your next gig while doing it. <laughs> well, the, the saddest the saddest part was we've we've only mentioned John, uh, the guy in our band. He, he's great. He was a musical genius, but he, he was a bit of a neurotic, and uh, he he would sit in the right front seat, and he would just say at some point, you know, he'd say it a lot. I'm I'm a little uncomfortable with this television next to me, <laughs> <laughs> and we would all go, "Shut up, John. It's fine. It's fine. It's not gonna do it. You'll be all right. You'll be all right, man. I'm, I'm Pittsburgh. I'm Pittsburgh." <laughs> oh well that's all so so to tie it back to the music real quick guys um you know are there any particular tracks that that you all wrote or that you all played that are just super special and and personal to you guys if you don't mind me asking uh you could go first dark i want you to go first <laughs> oh, uh i love hockey on the moon that's one of my favorites um uh, I love uh, Andy Moog versus Robert Moog, uh, and I love Wendell. And then, and then there's Captain on the newer stuff, which I really like. And there's there's some new songs I'm really really excited about. Uh, we're we're recording actually next week with my buddy Tim three three new songs called the Gretzky <sighs> Gretzky Twist, Red Line, Blue Line, and uh, Don't Put Me in the Penalty Box Again. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so, oh, getting what, a little political with that red line, blue line. I well, like it. I'm trying, <laughs> trying to suck you into recording with us again. Yeah, as you well, know. I might. I, might. <laughs> I, a, I always tended to like the harder stuff just in general in terms of my background. Like, uh, oh, Head in the Game, too. I like oh, Head in the on. Game. I like Shot Score. Uh, uh, one that kind of stands out as one of like a purely John song. I think it was a song he'd sort of written with different words and recrafted it for the Zambonis. Uh, Great Zamboni of Devotion. I always really enjoyed oh, that song. Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, how I wish I could be the mustard on your knish. What a great that's line. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to take, as the Jewish guy in the band, that was written by me. Yeah, Dave wrote that line. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. I love that line. And then, is that you singing that line too? That, oh, how I wish. And yes. then somebody goes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that might be Tarkin or John. No, that's John going, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that. Uh, there's another guy uh, in Away Game. I love that song. Oh, and it's, uh, somebody goes, why? I, I just always wonder who's asking the question, that's why? That's me. That's Tarkin. Tark, that's you, right? That's awesome. I often, I often consider myself a little bit like, I don't know if you guys remember the band The Sugar Cubes. I've heard of them, but I, I don't know their stuff. It was Bjork's original band. So it's like, it's this band that's kind of good, but there's obvious like this one mega talent in the band, which is Bjork. And there's this one guy who like, every once in a while will start like doing spoken word or like yelling <laughs> things into the mic. And it's like, shut up, buddy. You know, like let Bjork sing. Yeah. I sort of, I, I just try and model myself after him. Oh, there you go. There you go. We don't want you. We want Bjork. <laughs> if that guy by some chance is listening... I did enjoy your work, and I apologize. He's not. He's not listening. I'll fix it in Tarkin. post. You're good. No, he's listening. You're good. All right. <laughs> uh, well, you mentioned a heavy track. I always like the uh, Lost My Teeth track. 
Yeah. Oh, I love that one. That's it's funny because John is not at all, you know, the punk rock hardcore writer. He's like he Herbie wrote, the Dentist, you know, that's that honestly. Writer, right? <laughs> but he wrote and recorded that all himself. Tarkin sings it. Tarkin's one of the, my favorite hardcore singers ever. But John, he wrote and recorded that Lost My Teeth all by himself. And uh, that's that's so John. Oh, gosh. Teeth and blood all over the ice. Stanley Cup was worth the price. I, I remember, <laughs> like, I would jam to that one while playing hockey. I'm like, you know what? One of these days, I'm going to block a shot. <laughs> it's going to be worth it. I love the guy at the end. I, I'm imagining that's you, Tarkin, going, it was worth it. I think Dave says that. Oh, that was me. I just tried oh, to beat Tarkin on that one. And it was worth it. <laughs> it was worth it. You know what else? I love. I love. Go- I love goalie is drunk too. You, you mentioned Hextall. How, what's, what's your stance on Hextall? He was my favorite goalie for the Flyers back in the day. And you start your your more songs about hockey album with that name. So I just got to know, love or hate the guy? I love the song, and I uh, I don't really know the guy, but. I will say this: we, we, we. Uh, that song is one of my favorite uh, moments in the band, and and we put. I love that we put it the first song on the record because it's just, it's a statement right there. Like this yeah. is like a a chant in the middle of a, a hockey record, starting it off. So it's good. But I will tell you this: I was the MC for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers for eleven years. Oh, cool! So, uh, so as I do this job, and I'm uh, MC. I have the mic and there's no script and I get to run around and do this job. And always in the top left section are the scouts from all the teams. And one day, you know, there's always players up there and I see Hextall. So I, I run across the top, I go down and I approach Hextall and I say, Hey Ron, how are you? I said, uh, you know, I'm in this band, the Zambonis and uh, we were, I know I get away from me. I know get away. Wow. That's all, that's all he said. So Have you really? ever told me that story? I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah, he was real he was not nice. But the thing the thing was the beauty of the song is we turn it into from, you know, Daryl, you know, headstall. <laughs> but then it becomes this beautiful thing. So we're not we're not making fun of him at all. It's just like uh, it, it doesn't mean anything. It's just but it's not stupid. It's not it's anti well, I don't know. With Talk to me, Tark. I'll just say I did enjoy his later years when the Flyers would play the Rangers because he would come out and slash guys and take penalties. And I always enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, hothead Hextall, I'll tell you. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, it's it's funny you bring that up about the song changing, and I totally hear that. And it does set the tone for that whole album. So, um, you know, speaking of albums, is there is there one that's like – I know it's probably, you know, deciding your favorite child or whatever, but uh, is there one that just means so much to you guys? Is there one that stands out above the rest? Oh, I really love, I love more songs about hockey. That's, that's where we all sort of came together in our own weird world, I think. Those guys didn't really let me have any much of my way on the first record. Peter and Tarkin were control freaks, but <laughs> I sort of... <laughs> I, I even hockey on the moon is the last song on the record because Peter didn't want to record it, and I, I convinced him. I'm like, "Come on, this is this is good." Oh, I feel like that's got a lot of Peter's footprint on it too, though. Uh I was the one trying to get him to sound like the flock of seagulls wishing. <laughs> <That's> um, <funny. laughs> you know, I honestly don't remember what songs are on what record, but uh, I remember shooting the playoff fever cover at Wonderland of Ice in Bridgeport and uh, enjoying some of that stuff. Yeah. They, you know, it's all one big run record. It's one big long record, to be honest yeah. with you. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep on going. There's a lot more coming. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm excited, guys. I'm excited, especially the you know the crazy year that we've had. It sometimes that allows for the opportunity to get a lot more creative. Uh, and sounds like you guys have been recording a little bit, so I'm I'm excited to hear some new stuff. A lot of bit. Well, Tark's not like a regular member, but I I don't know. I keep on asking him to do stuff, and he never says no. Well, you know, there, there was a pandemic going on, so uh, yeah. now that I have some antibodies, maybe I'll go up and join you. Well, you All know, right, on your cool. next album, just make sure you give us credit for everything, you know, bringing you guys together with NHL 94. <laughs> Absolutely. That sounds good. Well, let me mention, I should mention that the, the current band is really, uh, it's it's cruising right now. We're, we're at a really great point. So I want to say Rich Dart on drums. Uh, he's also the touring drummer for the Monkees for the last 14 years. Wow. And then we got... Uh, Swifty on bass, Carrie Pollock, who's been in the band for 14 years, I think now. Yeah. Uh, and, and back, uh, uh, I'm in the band still. That's good. And back in the <laughs> yeah. band is this guy, Steve Tansky, who is one of my favorite. He was in the band from like 2002 to 2008 or nine. And then he, he, uh, he left, uh, or was thrown out one of those two. <laughs> <laughs> One way or the other. But I will say, Steve, so Steve's back, and he's an amazing guitarist, and, and really, uh, he's a real spark plug and an interesting guy. But Steve reminded me that his first show in the band, Tarkin, was the Washington, we played the Washington Capitals uh, arena, and he played drums for like three songs. He's like, yeah, I told you I couldn't play drums. You said it didn't matter. <laughs> I know we gotta wrap this up. I know we gotta wrap this up, but I gotta say one of my favorite moments of all time for the oh, band yeah. was at that show. <laughs> it was a season ticket holder event for all the Capitals fans. It was back when I think they had the MCI Center. So they're playing this great big arena. It's kind of shut down except the floor is open for the big, season ticket holders. And the stage is six feet in the air, which is seven seven inches shorter than Lando, but still it's a big stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like this big, massive stage, and we played, you know, a good short set, and it was, it went really well. Everything was good, and you know, it felt great. And uh, mascots there cruising around the eagle, you know. And at one point, we're just we finished. We're wrapping up cables on stage, and the one guy's like, "Hey, uh, hey, can I get an autograph?" And Dave turns to him to go, "Oh, sure." And I'm like, "Dave, no, no, Dave." And he and he <laughs> walks over with a pen. He's like, "Yeah, what do you?" I was like, "Dave, stop!" And I kept trying to stop him. <laughs> Because right behind him was the eagle mascot, and the guy was trying to get the mascot's autograph. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh that's great. Sorry, Dave. Oh, I yeah. No, I love it. I love it. I learned my lesson. Always look behind you when someone's asking for an autograph. <laughs> like, all right, sure. <laughs> it was the eagle. Oh, that's great. So, Okay, okay. Oh, since, since we're on this topic, um, any times like you've been uh, in front of the crowd like uh, else crazy like that, or has there ever been a time where you were just flat out got stage fright? Was there just a moment where you're like, "Holy cow, this is this is scary"? No, sorry. That's awesome. And no, that's that's cool. great. I, you guys are my, fearless. My wife, my wife really tells me that I'm I'm more comfortable on stage than anywhere else in this world. So I don't know what that means, but we have played some weird situations, though. I will say, like. Oh, it was kind of odd playing the Apollo Theater as a hockey game. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a good show. It was fun, but it was not that fun. There were about the front three rows were. It was like ice hockey in Harlem. Yeah, yeah a lot of a lot of African American kids who were giving us raspberries like <laughs> the wow. whole time. Yeah, 
And behind them were like CNN people. And it was a big charity event. So that was a little rough, but we, we got them to come around a bit. But the other, I forgot Tarkin, uh, we, we went to Latvia. Oh yeah. And we played. No, hold on. Just to set it up. This was during the first or second strike NHL lockout. It was one of the lockout years. And, uh, and so the, the players organized a world stars tour where a bunch of the stars formed a team and went around Europe playing the top teams in the different European leagues. And so we got hired to play some shows in Riga when they played Riga 2000, which was the in Latvia. Latvian team that plays, yeah, I think in the KHL now. Um, yeah. and it was amazing. Uh, I don't, Dave, I'll let you finish. But our first show was in a shopping mall, which was pretty amazing. Wow. With, <laughs> with who are those guys? Uh, oh, shoot. I can't Who are the NHL guys? Yeah. I remember we went out and like partied down with Darcy yeah. Regeer, uh, Robin Regeer and, uh, uh, the fighter. Uh, he's like, Zambotis, we got to get out of here because what happened was we did, we did several different gigs. And one of the gigs we didn't know was at a Russian casino slash house of ill repute it was felt sort of creepy yeah it was creep it was real it was a creepy. big fancy place but and, and it was it was real creepy and not only did we feel creepy the nhl guys were there and they wanted to get out i can't there was regear uh, uh oh gee anthony oh my god tarkin he's a commentator for the rangers no he's not yeah african-american guy yes he is and uh Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, I'm thinking about two other guys when we went and played foosball in that yeah, Latvian yeah, yeah. bar. Anyway, but but <laughs> but I was we were on Latvian MTV and I'm promoting this gig at the Rock House and they're all waving. Don't do that. No, no, no. Don't don't mention it. I'm like the Rock House. Am I not saying it right? And it, it, <laughs> so here I am talking about family friendly. I'm promoting a, a house of ill repute on on Latvian MTV. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, you said that well. Crazy, but we did, was in the right place. We did. We did stay out till five in the morning, and I don't. I don't think I've ever danced with Tarkin before. But we were dancing like it was. It was just unbelievable. No, and one. that's the incredible thing is these guys. Like I remember, I think it was Regarin, and one of the other guys. They were out with us till like literally five in the morning. Yeah, and they had to get on the bus at like six or seven wow. to go to the next city and play the next team. So like, yeah, I don't know how these guys do it to party so hard and still. Ah, gosh. That, that's anyway. incredible, man. It must have been a different time, I'll tell you. <laughs> to be young again. And, and right before I, uh, we, we were on our ride home, and I just remember seeing this cafe called John Lemon instead of John Lennon. It said John <laughs> <laughs> It had like an apple, but it was a lemon. It said John Lemon. <laughs> it was kind of one of my highlights. Oh, that's great. Gosh, oh, gosh. To, to be a fly on the wall when you guys are doing that stuff, man. That's good stuff. Well, guys, dude, thank you so much for, for coming on the yeah. show and talking for an hour just about a little bit about music, a little bit about games, a little bit of everything. And I vote we we do this again sometime. Uh, uh, how's, next, how's next Wednesday for you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I'm, tell, I'm telling you, this new podcast, I'll tell you. Uh, but, yeah, uh, guys, it's been a blast. It is a dream come true for me to talk to you guys. I never thought yes. when I reached out to you, Dave, that you would, first of all, even respond let alone say, hey, let's come on the show. I was like, oh, okay. Once in a while, you must communicate with the peasants. <laughs> well, you've done your daily duty. They come. <laughs> no, no, I, I meant to say pheasants. Oh, pheasants. Okay. I, I don't know, know what that's that offended means. now. Yes. <laughs> They're pretty cool birds. They oh, are good gosh. Birds. 
Uh, well, well, Landon, anything else you want to say real quick, my friend? No, just I never thought in a million years that the guys that I would hear at my first hockey game in Asheville that I would I would get to talk with them and have this this cool conversation. So, thank you all so much for coming on. Oh, Lando, my yeah, pleasure. Our my, pleasure for sure. Um, and, and guys, I, I hate to do this, but the Zambonis dot com, blah blah blah, Facebook because we're old. Instagram, Instagram, which I told you guys, don't communicate with me on Instagram. I'm, I don't know where those messages go to. I don't know what happens. <laughs> and uh, Tarkin, I love you, buddy. Good to see you. See you tomorrow. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks again. And uh, it was a blast. Seriously. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, guys. Hockey rocks. Best be recording there. Oh, you sound you sound loud and clear now, eh? Yeah, yeah, you too. All right. So, uh, yeah. So, there's a ton of different options on the score menu and everything. And we already talked about the crowd meter. That was such a unique uh, thing at the time. Like, I, I'm sure maybe some of the Madden games were doing that maybe at this time, but it still had to be the first time um, that this was done in hockey, at least the hockey games. So that was really cool. So, okay, the playoff mode, I, I love that you can see the highlights in between each period, which was really cool. And it, it made me wonder if, depending on if you have a different playoff season or something, like will you get different highlights every season you do it, or are they basically the same highlights they play um, every playoff that you do? So I would imagine they'd have to be different if you chose different teams. I think they are because I know you can pick on the menu when you're setting up your, your playoff, you can pick like for – example buffalo and you can go back and forth uh, between buffalo and the next team and it'll change who you're playing every game with buffalo. yeah and that just speaks again volumes of the development of this game and how much it how many little things they added to make this game pretty amazing you know so yeah but one not so little thing they added was rob hubbard for the composer he was i was uh, gonna say rob hubbard was the the music guy on this you know he's the the golden goose there at ea and sega you know Oh, for sure. Like, I think of uh, the Road Rash games, you know, yeah. uh, one and two. Yeah, I don't care what those those cat noises sound like. They they sound great, eh? You love those cat noises. You're, I do, you're a, I do. You're a screeching cat kind of man. <laughs> and he even did NHL 95, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, so, But after 95, I don't know if he did another hockey game. So that that's kind of crazy that after 95, we, we don't hear anything from Rob Hubbard again as far as his hockey game uh, music work goes. So what made NHL 94 different? I think we talked about Ron Barr. And what's neat is, uh, I don't know if you've seen like demos of the Sega CD version, but in that, it actually has him speaking. So everything that's yeah. printed out, it, you see in the NHL games, the Sega and the Super Nintendo. But the Sega CD, you actually hear his voice. 
That's kind of cool. Yeah, I thought that was nice. I was like, because again, I never really grew up with the Sega CD version of the game. I never knew he spoke in the game. So so that was pretty neat to, to hear that. I know we've talked a lot about this being kind of a, a Sega a Sega game, but it also came out for Super Nintendo. Now, did you ever play it on Super Nintendo? I did many years later. I got it super cheap. I think at a Game Haven back, you know, where we used to go a lot. Oh, yeah, uh, I know that place. Yeah, yeah over in uh, Maryville, Tennessee before it closed yeah. down. Yeah. I think I got it there for like two bucks, and I played it. And again, you know, I grew up with the Sega version, so I instantly preferred the uh, Sega version. But going back and looking at it, trying to be as objective as I possibly can be, there are some things about it I did really like. Um, I like the – I think – don't they have like a title screen where – if you just keep it playing, it'll show like these pucks with the team logos, like flashing. Yeah, on the screen. yeah, it's kind of got a different uh, intro screen. Yeah, a lot of it's. I mean, if it doesn't feel like the same exact game, you know, until you finally get to the actual ice hockey game, you know, yeah. everything else looks different and sounds different. Um, and even the music, even though it's Rob Hubbard, it has like a different melody and different like lead guitar almost sound to it in the NHL games or yeah. the Super Nintendo games that. Um, that were, were different. You know, I don't mind it as much now. And like I said, I wish I had gotten the Sega CD version because I think that probably would have been my favorite if I had had that first. Yeah, I think I think that's like the ultimate because it's got the best of most worlds. You've got the, the speed of the Genesis, which is my number one complaint with the Super Nintendo version is it's a, it feels like it plays slower than the the Sega Genesis version. Right. Mm-hmm. But with the Sega CD, you know, you get the speed of the Genesis, but then you get, like, the CD quality audio and presentation and, you know, the, the spoken commentary before the game, which really, you know, kind of kicks it up a step further from the Genesis. But I, I'm I'm kind of like, and we, we can get into this when we talk about some of the, the junkie family who have uh, sent in their thoughts and opinions on this, but... I think I prefer the Sega Genesis and probably if I played it the Sega CD version over the the SNES on on this one. Yeah, I I I would agree with you too. I think the sound effects are a little bit louder and a little bit less muffled sounding. I think the the sprites look a little bit better on the um the Genesis. And gosh, I love on the Sega CD the intro video. Like I watched that uh twice this morning. <laughs> and it's great. It is so 90s. It is great. And there's this one guy in the crowd, and he's, like, got a jean jacket, a tucked-in red shirt, and he's just going nuts, like, waving a flag. And I was Man, like, that's, that's I was 90s like, right there. I said, ah, the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a great montage in, like, the FML. So that's great. It shows some of the background of the the players in the locker rooms walking out to the ice. So it was a great little intro video. There's a zoom out on all the NHL logos, which was really impressive for the time. And like I said, the music was better here. It had really good guitar riffs um, in the player menus. And the, like I said, the biggest shocker was hearing Ron Barr's voice actually in the game. I think that would have probably been the the superior NHL 94 version. But yeah. I, I grew up with the Sega version, and that will always be the near and dear one to my heart. So uh, oh, that, that was me. Like the day that I found my copy of that, it was uh... – What's that game store in the mall in Knoxville? Uh, CC Games. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. They had a like a branch store in the mall there at Maryville, 
and I went in and they had a complete inbox copy with all the papers and the instructions and everything for like 10 bucks. Oh wow. That's, and gosh, I, that's not bad. And I picked it up and I'm like, yeah, I, I got to get this. And, you know, that's, that's the version that I've, that I've been playing to you as, as well. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and that's a fair price. And speak, I'm glad you brought it that up because the prices have gone up and I think it's just because of the popularity of the game. I mean, it, it's got like a, it's not even a cult following now. Everyone acknowledges NHL 94, especially EA um, itself, the company. Uh, so now if you try to look for a complete inbox NHL 94 for the Sega Genesis, it's 15 to 20 bucks. And the odd thing is the Sega CD complete version that I found on eBay. Wow. I was like, wow. And, and, you know, it does, it does vary, but the cheapest one was 10 bucks, and it was in-box. And then the Super Nintendo version is, is kind of high, too. I saw prices complete in box for $20 to $48 on eBay. So the prices have definitely gone up in the last ten, you know, 5, 10 years. And, and that just speaks to the popularity and the way that the game is made. It is a well-made game. Like, there's not a lot of glaring faults with it, you know? I mean, back in, especially back in 94... Like we like we said before, it was just like watching a hockey game, but you were controlling all the action, right? Especially with the presentation and the, he's hot, he's cold, he's you know he's statistically a better guy than you know the guy that he's matched up with on the other side, but the guy he's matched up with is on a hot streak. Exactly. I mean, there, there's so many cool factors into the game, and it's just uh it it really makes me wonder like. Is this the best game of all time? Because, you know, I was reading on the forums, and I remember when NHL 95 did come out, I remember being disappointed. But I'm wondering, even as a kid, like, was I <laughs> even then looking at NHL 94 through rose-colored glasses because yeah. it was the first hockey game I ever had? But what I remember was on NHL 95, the music was still pretty good, but the sprites looked very different. The game really sped up, mm -hmm. and... Oh, one thing we forgot to talk about is the audience animations were really cool. Uh, and yeah, like unique. people get up and move in the... Yeah, yeah, they really kind of come alive, you know? Oh, sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Jose. Oh, no, it's okay. Like, I didn't hear anything. I thought, oh, no, it's dropped the, the call again. That's like, what I, I thought. Nothing. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it really makes the game come alive, and you don't see that as much in NHL 95. So and and you notice the pricing of NHL ninety five is much much cheaper than ninety four is. Mm -hmm. So I'm not I'm not saying that's because it's a low quality game, but I am saying that for whatever reason it doesn't get the praise that ninety four does. Uh, personally, I can just remember what it was like at the time. I was a little disappointed with it, but I still collected the games all the way up to the two thousands, and this is just the one I always kind of go back to. Hockey was was big in ninety four too on a national scale. If you think back to it, like. That was back when ESPN would carry the hockey games, and you could watch hockey on ESPN. Yeah, good point, good point. And who won the Cup in 93, 94? I think Canadians won it around that time, and I know the Penguins were around that time, and then the Rangers were maybe 94. I can't you know, I we've can't got internet. We can look this up <laughs> real fast. Cool, cool. Well, if, if you want I'll, to look, I'll look that it up, up real fast. Yeah. Awesome. I, I'll read our – we did get some feedback on this. And uh, the first one is from Vin Voltage, uh, and I think he's a Connecticut boy, so maybe he's one of the friends of the Zambonis. I should have probably read this one uh, when they were on the show. Uh, so he says, hello, fellas. Vin here from uh, uh, Connecticut. First of all, I miss the Whalers greatly. The XL Center hasn't been the same without them. 
Maybe the Canes can share some games with Hartford in those new Whalers tarps. Just saying. Man, I agree. That'd be awesome. I agree. That would be cool. <laughs> Speaking of the uh, Hurricanes, do you know that they're on COVID uh, protocol? They're having to like stay out like the next week or week and a half, I think. Oh, no, I didn't know that. So all, the, uh, all their games have been postponed for two uh, weeks. Yeah, I know. They, beat, they just beat Nashville the other night, and they were supposed to play, I think they were supposed to play last night, and they had three or four guys on COVID, and then their team announced today that they had five or more members who had tested positive for COVID, so they were having to be put under uh, protocol for two weeks. Oh, man, that's, that's wild. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, they got a great young team. I, you know, I hope they they make the playoffs again this year. Love, oh lord, Rod Brindamore. As Rod, a coach. Ben, Rod Brindamore is a genius when it comes to like younger guys. It seems like. Oh, I, you can tell that guy leads by example for sure. So uh, to continue, Vin's message here, he says, "Anywho, if we're talking about hockey games, my God, I have to throw in my all-time favorite <laughs> game, NHL hits, two thousand three. Oh, it's so funny. Dave and Tarkin were just talking about two thousand two NHL yeah. hits." I am ashamed to admit this. I don't think I have ever played the NHL Hits games. I've played NHL Hits. Um, have you ever played NFL Blitz? I don't think I have, no. Where it's kind of, it's the rules are a little bit lax and you can just like nail people for no reason. It's kinda of like that. Oh, it's, cool. kind of, it's kinda of like NFL Blitz. Yeah, NBA Jam would probably be a good basketball comparison, but it's like NBA Jam but with hockey. Oh cool, cool. So like an arcade style. I like that. Yeah. Uh, he says, I wish current NHL games could be this fun and use this kind of methods in their games. My friend and I would spend hours doing shootout tournaments, creating outlandish teams, and playing uh, what's basically check tag with all sorts of weird characters and creatures. <laughs> the game is legendary. If you all never heard of, you got to get on it. I agree, man. I need to buy that. Enjoy the rest of the, the shortened NHL season. Go Rangers and go VGK. All right. From Just Vin. Vin, thanks for the email, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Thanks, uh, Vin. I think new listener. That's awesome. Awesome. Probably one of the Zambonis. Uh, thanks to the Zambonis, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that, that had nothing to do with us. No, <laughs> they put us on the map today, I think. <laughs> so I found out who won the cup in 94. Okay. Was it the Rangers? It was the Rangers, and they beat the Canucks in game seven, four to three. Oh, man, I remember that. And uh, Mark Messier. I'd say Mark Messier. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right, because I think he got traded to the Oilers like a year or two before that, or traded from the Oilers. I was going to say, I remember he got traded because he was part, wasn't he part of the Gretzky package to get Gretzky to the Rangers? Oh, I don't I don't know. I sure. can't remember. I can't remember. But I remember something, it, it involved Messier somehow with that Gretzky trade, but maybe I'm remembering wrong. I can't. Yeah, because Gretzky came a little bit late. He was still playing for the Kings, I think, until 90. Oh, it was probably about, yeah, it was probably mid-90s. Uh, Lord, I'm, I'm blanking on that. But, yeah, he, he would play for the Rangers a little bit later. And I still remember watching on TV his last skate around the, the Rangers rink and just waving to the fans. And I said, man, there's an end of an era. It was something pretty special. Even as a teenager, I was like, I'll never forget this. And, and I did. Yeah, we were, we were lucky as kids to, like, grow up and watch him and Ronick and yeah. Hoshik and Roy. Roy. Wow. No. <laughs> I was reading from the script there. <laughs> uh, no, you're right, man. There were a lot of a lot of great ones then, and it, it's amazing. And it's so interesting to see how the game has changed um, now compared to what it was 20 years ago and maybe even 30 years ago, how much faster the game is now. Yeah. So it's crazy how skilled these guys are. And nothing to take away from the old old style of play. It's just the game has evolved so much in the last 25 years. Yeah. It really yeah. has. Guys are on, you know, like workout plans now, and 
mm-hmm. specialized diets from when they're kids and they're training, you know, 24-7, it seems like. And, yeah, like, like you said, the, the athletes have become bigger, faster, and stronger, and it's made for a faster game. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, you know, I still love the sport because of it. It's, it's, it's always something different. And I'm, so, I'm still thankful we even have hockey at this point in our world today. So, yeah, I'll take it, man. <laughs> Heck, yeah, I'll take it. All right, so we do get another email from our good buddy Nick DeMarco, Atari Man. Hey. He's the man. I've got some uh, – he uh, even stated on our uh, Facebook group, hey, I emailed you, you hosers, stating my case. So, <laughs> Awesome. Perfect. So he says, greeting, hosers. Ah, NHL 94, a game that, truth be told, is a bit too high class for my basic sports playing self. Besides, Rob, you can certainly attest to this via Fantasy Leaks. <laughs> I know zero about hockey. Zero. Zilch. The same number of chicken biscuits Landon leaves on a plate when those suckers are on sale. Amen. Me too. <laughs> hey, yeah. Those Bojangle biscuits. That's the best. Mwah, That's the chef's best. kiss. <laughs> he says, I prefer Blades of Steel. Again, because of how super basic it is for less than knowledgeable sports fan. I follow football. Uh, go Bills. That being said, and this may come as a shock to you both considering my usual loathing of it, but the Genesis overall had better sports titles, which of course is like saying, hey, Weren't those fireworks great? Yeah, but the grass was so comfortable. <laughs> but, but I digress. <laughs> NHL 94 was a title that, when I began operating my store, that Rob says he's going to buy games from. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and uh, I have Blue Marlin and Black Bass Hoser. Oh, it's good to know. Yeah, because I don't have any physical cards. I, I will definitely take you up on that. Um, struck me as odd as one that was in consistent demand. And we went through copies and copies of it, folks yearning for more, and I was truly baffled as to why. Uh, And then I played it. I find it amusing how one year, one particular year of an EA Sports title can be so honored, so respected. It's interesting you bring that up. And so revered compared to the others. But NHL 94 was a title that, even for folks who aren't big on hockey or even sports in general, can sink their teeth into, pick up and play with relative ease, and enjoy for quite a while, which isn't something you can say about sports titles usually. A high rate of replay value. So, yay for Genesis Sports Games, whatever. And remember that the, uh, when there's a will, there's a hoser. Nick DeMarco. <laughs> <laughs> he says, P.S. Are you guys going to cover any arcade titles? I'd love your take on some arcade beat-em-ups. Oh, Ooh. man. Uh, absolutely. I love arcade games. And I'm, I'm thinking probably one of the last arcade games we talked about was probably when Nick DeMarco was on the show. I think it was. Yeah, the Galaga episode. You remember that? Oh, man, I trained so hard. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Uh, so, you know, just to talk about his email, what, what do you think, man? I have to I have to agree, you know, like, as somebody who didn't really play a whole lot of sports games, well, hockey-related games, let me rephrase that, hockey games as a kid growing up, like, the only one I really played was ice hockey for NES. And you get to 94, and it it's it's easy to pick up. It's easy it's an easy concept to to understand, but it's hard to master. It's one of those games yeah. where it's it's easy to pick up and play, but hard to master. And that's what I think the universal appeal of the game is. Is like you've got three buttons, you've got a D pad, you've got different you know audible or yeah, I guess audibles you could call it, where you can turn penalties off, turn them on, uh, you know, offsides, all that. You can turn all that on and off. Kind of get your feet wet playing it arcade style. Then, you know, go and turn the penalties on and, and have a little bit more of a challenge. 
And oh yeah. I, and I think that's why people love this game is you can pick it up and play it and maybe score a goal or two and be like, hey, that was really fun, but I think I could do better the next time. I think I could score three goals instead of two. And then you go back and you play it and you score three goals and you're like, eh, I was awful close to four that time. I think <laughs> I'm going to do four. And it just it sucks you in. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's one of those games, too, like you said, it, I think it, it's the perfect blend of having just enough. You know, sometimes we can get kind of overwhelmed with all the extra bells and whistles. And I think this game had a ton for the time. But now, you know, however many years later, now it's like, okay, it has just enough features and still feels authentic and still it feels like arcadey and, and fun in a lot of ways. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think this is... I think this was just the magical year. It definitely improved upon 93, and I, I always felt like 95 was a step back in some ways. And again, some of that might be might just be my own bias as a kid. But I remember the game looking a lot different and feeling a lot different back then. And I need to go back and check it out again all these years later. But apparently I'm not the only one. A lot of people feel that way about NHL 95 and, and some of the... Of course, you know, we were getting late in the Genesis life cycle and the Super Nintendo, so then eventually we moved over to the PlayStation... Sega Saturn, and, and those games were great for their own reasons, but very different from what we were used to with the 16-bit era. So so with all that said, Hosehead, uh, I, I don't know what else to say about it. It's just Hold off those... there, big guy. We've got some uh, Facebook feedback, too. Oh, that's right. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to step on your toes. Eh? Man, you're, you're, trying, you're trying to cut the show out early, and you're not trying to give all these hard-working folks their due. Shame <laughs> on you, Robert. Living in your ivory tower. Uh-huh, you know it. Yeah, here in the garage with a space heater on. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting here with like a fan on and like no shirt on in my little <laughs> office room here. Um, oh, gosh. So I'll uh, I'll start with the first one. You know, we kind of posted, and I've, I've done this several times on the Facebook group. It got to the point where it was annoying, I think, to some people. But I wanted uh, feedback. And I also yeah. wanted to promote the Zambonis being on the show. So, you know, I asked if I had any memories about NHL 94. And one of our first comments was from our good buddy, uh, Rob McCallum. He is the living embodiment of the real-life He-Man, if you've seen him. <laughs> anyway, Rob says, Genesis. You know, I asked which system they had played it on and which they preferred as well in the question. I'm sorry. Um, he said, Genesis, and it's one of my all-time faves. This was before there was proper stat tracking in a season, so I would fill notebooks tracking player stats. And, of course, the one-timer was a game-changer. My best game was as the Buffalo Sabres, and I beat the Whalers 128 to nothing. That is impressive, but boo for beating the Whalers. The poor old Whalers can't withstand that type of beating. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, did um, you say what, 28 to nothing? 128 to nothing. One, 128 to nothing. Yeah, 128 oh to zero. I, you know, I, that's why I thought you said at first. I was like, no, he, maybe he won no. the game 28 to zero. <laughs> No, he won 128, so he was scoring a goal like every few seconds. He is the He-Man of hockey, I'll tell you. He's He-Man. He's, he's got the power of Grayskull in his slap shot. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. All right. Our uh, next comment comes from uh, Mrs. DeMarco, Kathleen DeMarco. Uh, Mrs. DeMarco says, My husband, who lives in the dungeon, will kill me for saying this, but <laughs> Sega. <laughs> oh, go Kathleen. <laughs> That's right. Got another one for the Sega. Derek Marr says, I love this game so much. I played it all the time with my dad. And, you know, this this is one of those games you could play with your dad. Because if, if your dad was anything like mine, if it had more than, like, three or four buttons, he didn't want to play it. 
Yes. But, you know, this this had the right amount of buttons for dads to pick up and play with their kids. And uh, I'm sure there's a lot more folks who had memories playing with their dad or a, a brother or sibling. Me and Rob, we, we play all the time when we're together. So, you know, playing mm-hmm. with a good friend. So, yeah, this is one of those games that's it's just as good in uh, co-op or versus than it is in uh, one one P versus a computer. Yeah, I completely agree. And thank thank you guys for writing in, Derek. It's so good to hear from you, man. I, yeah. I, I need to get your number. <laughs> I'm not on Facebook anymore. I gotta get I gotta get in contact with you. Uh Joshua Witt says, Pretty sure I have a signed copy from you, Hoser, somewhere. Such an excellent game. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Can you believe that Hoser wanted our signatures? <laughs> I know. I know. Like he uh he wanted our signature, and I told him, I said, you know that thing just lost all value, Exactly. Right? <laughs> you want to sell that, right? <laughs> I said, you You're know not going to get it back. I said, you know that went from like a $15 game to like a three-cent game now? <laughs> He's like, no, no, you guys are cool. You guys are cool. Um, Gabe, uh, Gabe Van Gilder, our good buddy Gabe, says, Gabe. hockey rocks, but playing only American teams really stinks. Dave, uh Zamboni Dave says, Gabe, I understand your pain. I think Gabe's talking about the, the realignment of the conferences this year. Oh, where, okay. I where see there's the, the season. Yeah. Where there's just the North Division that's nothing but Canadian teams. The, uh, what is it, the East that is like the Flyers and all the Northeastern North teams. Yeah. Central, which is the, uh, all the Southern teams and some of the Midwestern teams, and then the West. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know, it is... It's definitely weird, uh, but I, I'll take, like I said, this is one of those years, <laughs> especially we'll now. It. Yeah, I'll take anything they they have to offer. I miss, I missed hockey so much, and, and it's just so good to just see hockey right now in, in 2021 in January, and there's plenty of hockey left till the end of the season, so I'll take it. <laughs> Heck yeah. Um, what else? There was some gameplay footage that I posted, uh, just different games where Hartford beat Toronto. Which was that was a hard game to play. Um, <laughs> everybody was saying go Whalers. Uh, Douglas Stalecki says always a Whaler. Oh, cool, good man. Um, I posted a picture of you up yesterday. Oh my gosh, it's you in your hockey uh, goalie gear with the Flyers jersey on, and I put, hey, don't be a nerd like Rob here. The Flyers <laughs> jersey doesn't help. Let us know your oh, thoughts. Thanks on a lot, him. pal. <laughs> hey, you know that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to. I'm here just to make you look good. Uh, <laughs> Let us know your thoughts on NHL 94. <laughs> and if you have any questions for the Zambonis, post them in the comments. Good day and good gaming. Uh, we got four uh, comments. Oh, I'm, I'm, my wife, my five hole was wide open. I'm sorry. Well, it, it, your five hole is always open. <laughs> you bite on the triple deke. That's true, I do. You got to watch some game footage of Adam Banks. He'll teach you how to stop I, I, I got to scout him. I got to tell you, Banks was the better player, but Charlie had the heart. That's true. I agree with that. Well, Banks was NHL-level talent. Charlie was like AHL-level talent, but he had the heart. So. That's right. He was a good leader. He's a good leader. Um, so on that uh, response, Douglas Delecky Jr. says, all this talk about hockey games makes me want to bust out the Genesis. They did hockey better than anyone, especially from 94 to 96. That's a good point. Um, it probably awesome. helped that my Red Wings were awesome back then. Love that game. And I said, <laughs> dude, funny you should mention the Red Wings. I won the cup with them last night. And I had a picture of the three stars of the game. And Douglas goes, I always called him uh, Tim Chevrolet when I was a kid. Didn't realize he was around until 94. And that's Tim Chevalde. Chevalde. Gosh, I, I, don't even, I don't even remember him. He was, oh, a, he was Red Wings uh, goalie back then. 
Oh, but yeah. Tim, okay. Tim Chevrolet is what uh, Douglas called him. <laughs> but I do like his point that um, the Genesis did hockey games better from 94 to 96. That's a, I find that to be a true statement. I'm with you, buddy. Thank you for writing in, man. Yeah, and then Gabe comments, that's a real hoser right there. <laughs> Thanks, Gabe. I appreciate it. <laughs> and that's all the comments we had. So we had quite a, quite a few uh, folks uh, reach out to us on this with feedback. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome because, you know, we literally had to build the show back up from scratch uh, in, in some ways. You know, our audience, unfortunately, the one big bummer is when we switched our feeds to a free hosting feed, we lost everything. We lost all our iTunes ratings. We lost – I don't think anyone was actually still subscribed to us by the time we had switched. No, we were, we were kind of a relic. Yeah, sure. Exactly. So, you know, we're slowly and, and surely kind of building this, this feed back up. And it's so nice to hear old, familiar friends of the, the old feed and the old show coming back on to just write in. So Douglas, yeah. Gabe, Derek, Rob, thank you guys so much for, for reaching out. Nick, of course, Kathleen. Man, I've recognized every one of those names, and I really appreciate it. That's awesome to hear from you guys. It warms the heart. It does. It does. And you know what else warms the heart? When, uh, when our listeners give us a call on our Hoser Hotline, eh? <laughs> oh yeah hey good transition there oh absolutely so guys uh if you want to reach out to us uh we always love hearing from you guys we have an email address it's a long one but it is the retro junkie super show at gmail.com and you can always give us a call no one's given us a call in a while so i'd love to hear from from you guys whether it's about nhl 94 blue marlin anything we've covered in the past anything you'd like us to cover in the future we'd love to hear from you so I've our number stickers is if you'll call I've got, I've got Baby got Yoda stickers? stickers. If Yeah, i got some Baby Yoda stickers if you'll call. Oh, perfect. Blanda's <laughs> got stickers. <laughs> they're not scratching stiff. Stiff. Scratching sniff are the puffy ones, but they're they're pretty cool. Yeah, it's not, I mean, it's not Lisa Frank, but hey, it's Baby Yoda. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, so our number is 865-309-4875. We would love to hear from you. So, uh, so Hoser, any last thoughts on NHL 94 before we move on, man? If, uh, if you're going to try to play a retro hockey game, pick it up. Mm -hmm. um, some of the teams may not be around or they may have different names now. Don't let that dissuade you in any way. Pick a team that you think you're going to like to play as or like their logo and give it a shot and play it. I mean, little did I know when I played it back at Rob's all those years back that this would end up be becoming one of my favorite sports games. And that's awesome. That's And I agree with you. This is just one of those feel-good games for me, too. This is one of those games that you just pick up. It reminds me of my childhood. It's just one of those special games that takes me right back to where it all began for me with my love for hockey. This is right at that time period. Also reminds me of one of my favorite Christmas mornings. And I still remember the chair that it was sitting on next to the Red Ranger, giant like Red Ranger figure I got that year. It's just a wonderful time. And I love this game. So even with the rose-colored glasses aside, this is a solid game. It's easy to pick up. And, I, you know, I'm learning more about it <laughs> all these years later with the Sega CD version. And I can't recommend it enough, guys. You, you owe it yourself to at least check it out if you love hockey. And with that, Hosehead, um, what are we going to do the next episode? You, I have no idea where to go with it. You Dude, do it? it's your pick. I picked NHL 94. Well, uh, do you want to do a wing in it next? Or do you want to do a yeah. super show? What, whatever you want. You, you pick, I'll do, I'll do whatever you want to do, man. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll do whatever you want to do. I like winging it. 
maybe we could uh, wing it and talk about some uh, Karate Kid and Cobra Kai. Oh, okay, that sounds great. Yeah, maybe we'll do a wing in an episode and talk about Karate Kid and and uh, maybe Cobra Kai a little bit. Just just have a little fun. So, stay tuned for that, guys. We'll we'll probably have that sometime in, in February. Uh, we're hoping to te- very tentatively do about a you know a show a month if we can. It's just good to be back, and it's just another excuse for Landon and I to just kind of hang out some more and talk talk about anything. So, uh, guys, we cannot thank you enough for listening. Thank you so much for the Zambonis. Again, yeah. Zambonis.com. Check out their awesome retro jerseys and merchandise. They've got some great stuff. Their music is, you know, you've you've heard me gush over that pretty much all episode. So <laughs> Yeah, and you know, and if you want to get some of these these albums, they're on iTunes as well. I mean, I found a lot of their music on iTunes. Yes, thank God for Apple Music. I've got every single one of them on uh, iTunes now, and I, I listen to them all the time. And I still got that CD. Uh, it's on my CD rack over there. Uh, I'll have to, one of these days, send it to them and see if they'll sign it for me. But uh, it was just a treat. It, it was awesome to talk NHL with you, and it was awesome to uh, have you guys email in. So so with that, guys, I guess that's all we have for today. It's it's late, but it's been a great night. And on behalf of Hosehead and myself, We all wish you a good day and good gaming. Later, taters. Goodbye. (laughs) Children. Children. Dorothy could be more. <laughs> yeah, she, she's a leader. She's a leader. Absolutely. I don't know. I don't know who Blanche would be. I guess Blanche would be one of the healers because you know she's all about that type of healing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on. <laughs> getting a little, uh, getting a little PG there. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I'll be on. I just got to pee. No way. You, you don't get to pee. I got to pay. <laughs> <laughs> you drank about 50 Dr. Pepper. You had to pay. <laughs> I'm still reeling over uh, your uh, your Jimmy Stewart. Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'll tell you something, Mr. Potter. <laughs> oh, gosh. I needed that today. I had a horrible day at work. But... I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, it was one of those things. So I was like. Old Rob would have let that bother my day and stuff. I'm like, you know what? I'm going home. I'm enjoying my family. I get to talk to Landon tonight, and we get to talk to the Zambonis later. So, you know, life is good. It's it's a good day. Mr. Miyagi would be proud of the way you handled that situation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, speaking of which, have you watched the new season of Cobra Kai? Yes. Oh, my God. Isn't it good? Dude, I watched it one night. Oh, I love it. I love it. You know what we should do? We should do a wing in it on the Karate Kid movies. Or at least one of them or something. We should. Dude, do you know that that was one of the first movies that I went to go see in the theater? Yeah, you were talking uh, Karate Kid 3, right? It was the third one, yep. Oh, man. Oh, man. We we should do that. Well, let's do one of the Karate Kid movies. You, you can pick. You're and the best around. 
No, you are. Nothing's going to ever get, keep you down, big guy. I don't know which one I like the best, though, because I did see three in the theater, but when you go back and watch it again, three's kind of the weak one. I think, no, I, I the original it in trilogy. so long. It's where Daniel joins Cobra Kai, and like what they do is they just train him so much that he's beat up by the time he gets to the tournament. Yeah. But the second one had the death battle in the in the pit at the like festival with the yeah. uh, chosen dude. Chosen, yeah. I'm wondering, like, you know, that Kreese was calling somebody. Who do you think he was yeah. calling? See, I I have not watched the last episode yet. So okay. I don't know. I Christabeth, like, I had to take Grace into bed, and she finished it. And God bless her, she's not spoiled it. But I have no idea. She said it gets crazy at the end. So I, I I'm wondering if he called the villain from the third movie. See, the, yeah, because Ponytail that was guy. the yeah, that was the guy that was in his army unit, uh, Terry Silver. Mm. And that they, was, and he was the guy, and he was the guy that basically they paid the dude to come by to fight Daniel in the tournament, like the ringer guy that was really supposed to be really good. Uh, Mike Barnes or whatever his name is. Yeah, I mean they brought everybody else back. I wouldn't doubt they'd bring him back. See what they do. What they need to do is bring back Mike Barnes and Terry Silver with Crease, and then have Daniel and Johnny and Chosen. Because, you know, Ooh, yeah. Cho- I always wanted to see Chosen and Mike Barnes fight each other. Because, you know, Chosen was all about killing people mm-hmm. in combat. And Mike Barnes was just like crazy, beat him up until they quit moving uh, mentality. Right, right. Well, that would, I'm like, that would be a good fight. <laughs> yeah, and Chosen has his own kind of style now, too. So he could have his own, like, school there. Oh, that'd be neat. That'd be awesome. Man, we are over here right in Karate Kid School. I know, man. Cobra Kai season, what, three? Three. Three or four? Season Three, four. And then, yeah, they're going into four next. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, let's see. Get out of there. Get away from the door. There's a bomb in there. <laughs> Get out. Do it now. Get out. There's a bomb in there. <laughs> go, go. <laughs> what is that from? That sounds familiar. Collateral damage, and the only reason oh. I know, the only reason I know that is because I've been watching my interviews. Um, the guy's name is Bill Hader. He was the like the nerdy oh, cop in Hader, Superbad, yeah. and he was a uh, he was Arnold's personal assistant on that movie, and he was telling stories, and he does the best Arnold impersonation. He's like, you know, Arnold. He said Arnold was just like sitting in the jungle with just like a pair of shorts on and his shirt off. He <laughs> he goes. You know, I used to have schnitzel flown in for the casting crew of Predator when you were here. <laughs> and, and Bill Hader goes, oh, really? That's that's cool. He goes, yeah, Carl Weathers, he ate the schnitzel. Jesse Ventura, he ate the schnitzel. <laughs> 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 and he said, like, he just went through the whole casting crew of who ate schnitzel and he didn't. <laughs> and, like, you know, he was telling uh, the guy in the interview, he's like, well, how did you first, what were you, what were you doing when you first met on him? He goes, I was standing there, and he walks up and goes, Hi, I'm looking for, it was like the, the makeup and hair uh, guys. And Bill's like, oh, well, I'll go find him. But he said, Arnold, and I'll seriously, puts his hand on my shoulder and goes, show me your leadership capabilities. And, like, told me to go find him. <laughs> wow, he's so inspirational. <laughs> show me your leadership capabilities. Do it now. <laughs> go get, the a, get away from the door, there's a bomb in there. 
Oh gosh, I've already laughed. It's uh, laughed so hard. Like this, is the most I've laughed in a gosh, probably about a week. <laughs> good, laughter's good for you. Amen, man. Amen. All right, All right, so I vote we go ahead and uh, we'll we'll do this skit and then we'll just jump into it. Hit the ground running, eh? Oh man, I got the opening line. Oh, look good. at you, man. Started gonna, off strong. I know, opening line, first one to die. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a bomb in there. Get away from the net, there's a bomb in there. <laughs> hey, somebody in the bathroom, get away from there, there's a bomb in there. <laughs> oh man, Arnold, you weren't kidding. My wife says, tell Bobby that I say hi. Hey, hey, Lori. He says, hey, Lori. Hello, how are you, sweetheart? He says, how are you, sweetheart? <laughs> better? Well, that's good. Well, you know, you could have been worse. He said, better, that's good. You could have been worse. <laughs> Go God bless her. All God right, <laughs> all right. Let me let me get into my, my acting zone. <laughs> well, you already you already got me messed up. <laughs> well, ju- just imagine Arnold sitting there shirtless, talking about schnitzel, and he said he played chess all the time too. Like he said, his thing was he always wanted to play chess with everybody on set, oh. and he would just like sit there shirtless playing chess, <laughs> showing up his muscles. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse Ventura, he likes the schnitzel. <laughs> I'll send you the clip of that. It's it's hilarious. Oh, I guess I gotta see that now. Now every like scene in any <laughs> in any like serious movie, I just picture like Arnold crashing and be like, "Get down! There's a bomb in there." <laughs> Who is your daddy, and what does he do? Get down! There's a bomb in there. <laughs> I never let go, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Get away from the door! There's a bomb in there. <laughs> oh, I'm crying oh, now. God. Man, the Titanic <laughs> wasn't the only thing that sank in that movie. Arnold's acting. Ooh. Oh. Uh, oh, gosh, that hurts. <coughs> oh, oh. All right. Okay, sorry. Let me. <coughs> oh, dude, that hurt. Oh, man, it sounded painful. It, it felt good, though. All right, here we go. <coughs> Jeez. Oh, oh. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Good deal, Jose. Um, let me start that over. <laughs> so I got a little hung up on there. Learn your lines, Moses. Oh, gee. <laughs> We're explaining you, aren't we, Moses? <laughs> I've been working on a few trick shots, eh? I call this one the Canadian... Oh, I about called it the Canadian crawdad. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, you can't be talking like that. You say... <laughs> oh, they know me from my church. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> All right. Oh, I wish take, I could put that in the take, real. <laughs> Just beep a lot of it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Hey, I'm a crawdad, eh? <laughs> hey, I'm a crawdad. I'm just Canadian, eh? It's kind of cold in the lakes up here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay. All right. Take two. <coughs> Learn your lines, okay. Moses. <laughs> All right. Man, that's who I am. Put me in the game. That's your best plan. Oh, it's a great song. That is such a good song. And I, I can't love. Believe, can't believe they wrote it on the toilet. I was gonna say. I was. I was like, you know that. And I, if you notice in the background, Tarkin goes, "That's where I do my best work." 
Well, you know, the only thing that ever came out of our bathroom was, release the demon! (laughs) (laughs) What'd you think about Schwarzenegger Baby? I liked that. Oh, I I would watch it. I would watch it. I want to watch Doc McStuffins. (laughs) (laughs) There's a bomb in there! Take the diaper! I, I like the I like the part where he's talking about the schnitzel. Carl Weathers, he had the schnitzel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I like how Bill Hader's like, at some point, I didn't even think he was talking to me anymore. He was just kind of like having a moment. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like, man, those guys are stupid. Let's keep listening to them. <laughs> those guys are stupid. We don't want them. We want the Zambonis. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, we don't want them. We want the Zambonis. Yeah. yeah. You were expecting maybe the Zambonis? (laughs) Yeah, actually, we were. (laughs) John Cena lunchbox. (laughs) Money-making Mike. (laughs) Man, you're money-making Landon. Landon don't make no money. Whatever. You're the the ratings of the show, eh? I'm just the straight... I'm the straight guy, and you're the... You're the one everyone wants to hear. No, they don't want to hear me. Whatever, they do. They don't want me. They want the they want the turtle man. <laughs> Turbo man. Turtle man. Oh, turtle. Oh, no way. No and way. and not the turtle man that said live action all the time. Although that was a pretty good show. Did you ever watch <laughs> Turtle Man? He was no, this guy I don't from think I've Ken- seen that. He was this guy from Kentucky that would just like come by and remove like snapping turtles out of people's pond. And he would always <laughs> like he, he looked like Bayou Billy. Like he dressed like Bayou freaking Billy. And he would jump in and grab these turtles and he would yell live action while he was getting them. I don't know what it was. <laughs> Just look it up. It's great. It's great. He's on YouTube. It's great. Oh my gosh! I'll have to check that out now. I'll be watching that and Moses, <laughs> Turtle <laughs> Man and Moses, <laughs> the Turtle Man and Moses connection. <laughs> oh, oh gosh, that's gonna get me. I think it'll get me through the rest of the week, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help out. <laughs>